0: free talk live welcome to the program here as always you're invited to join us the number if you want 603-283-6160 that's 603-283-6160 with you in the studio tonight you've got ian and chris and we're also uh, going to be joined by nobody here shortly. So he'll be here shortly. You can uh, join the show again, 603 283 6160. But to start things out here tonight, we're going to get into the latest on uh, what's been happening with various different companies and such, cutting off the government and the people, more importantly, of Russia, the punishing the 140 million innocent people that live there for simply being in a uh, political jurisdiction that some people don't like anymore
1: yeah it's kind of interesting uh most of these restrictions seem to be impacting the people rather than the government so to speak of russia
0: correct uh so apparently the uh, the quick news that i told you about just before we started the show a internet provider named lumen I don't know if they they were, they were purported to be like on the level of Cogent, but I don't know if that's true or not. I, I've not really gotten all the details on that. But Cogent, which is a backbone provider, we discussed this a week ago, has cut off Russia. And now apparently this other one, Lumen, is also closing their service in Russia as well. There's more about this uh, on the way here tonight. But also something that happened yesterday uh, that we got into on the show quite a bit was the NH exit, uh, the... The constitutional amendment that had been proposed here in new hampshire got its hearing this historic hearing in the uh, the state house in front of the full state legislature here which is 400 people now not all 400 are always there so in this case there was like 360 or so uh, that were in attendance and uh, and it got the full hearing and it got shot down 323 to 13 was the final vote in that particular case Uh, We were actually playing some of the audio from the State House floor yesterday on the show. And I do have more of that audio here tonight. That video has gone online over at the Freekeen Odyssey channel. So you can go to video.freekeen.com. It's the latest video there on Odyssey. So if you want to check out what happened, you want to see the footage for yourself, uh, it's there. We played about half of it last night. We played the, uh, the couple of the opening, I don't know if you want to call them statements or whatever they were, uh, but there, there are a couple more that I thought might be interesting to uh, to hear from here tonight, and then we'll also get into some bank fraud that you want to talk about, uh, Chris, so that's coming up. The number is 603-283-6160 if you want to join us here. We go to the floor of the state house yesterday for what's called CACR thirty-two. That's what they call a cons- uh, proposed cons- constitutional amendment here in New Hampshire. So it has to get sixty percent of the state house and sixty percent of the state senate in order for it to go onto the ballot. It did not even come close. <laughs> uh, it got about not even four percent, about three point eight percent of the uh, the total number of people that were there in the chamber yesterday and the uh, by the way the the hand wringing and the reeing and the freaking out on social media has been pretty exquisite after this so many of the <laughs> democrats uh have been just calling for the heads of the 13 heroes who voted for this piece of legislation
1: yeah you know you know it's it's kind of funny they've been freaking out just in general about you know free staters and oh yeah big time it's it's kind of interesting because in, in some respects they're kind of right and it, it's in that we're not okay. We don't obviously have control over the statehouse. I think this this uh, no, not even close. this this particular amendment shows that. But they're freaking out as if we do, and they seem to be saying we do. And it's just I think this just demonstrates that we don't. But what this does demonstrate is something uh, that is. Um, it demonstrates that effectively we are gaining ground. Uh, you know, a couple yeah. years ago we never would have been able to get one replet on thirteen reps to go get on board with this. Company. Yeah, that's true. So it's massive, uh, massive. Uh, you know, and our numbers are increasing in New Hampshire, and our uh, representatives. We have more representatives than we've ever had before. Yeah, there was one of them who was saying, uh, I don't remember which one. I've I've literally got.
0: At least a dozen, maybe uh, 20 different entries from Twitter of these people just flipping out about the free staters. Anyway, one of them uh, was making sound like, oh, well, they're no big deal. They're nothing. They're nothing. (laughs) <laughs> and I said, well, if we were nothing, why are you, why are you spending time on us? Why are you spending time trashing the Free State Project? Because we are something. And yeah. the, the Free
1: Staters I mean, here are making a difference. I mean, what what, what do they keep saying? Uh, first, they ignore you, and then they... <laughs> they laugh at you. <laughs> they laugh at you, and then they, then fight, they fight you, and, you, and, fight and fight oh, then they Sorry,
0: nobody, nobody nobody just stepped in, but now your mic's on. I apologize. I'm the late nobody. Here you are. Better to better have you here late than never. What were you
2: saying? Um, I was saying... Uh, First they first they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, then you win. Is correct, the yeah. correct. And cool. We
0: are in the uh, the firmly in the fighting phase here. They're they're not ignoring us. Very early days still, but yeah, yeah, hmm. yeah. That's true. Yeah. So um, I've got the, more of this footage here. Brody Deshays is the tool, the uh, the young guy that they put out in front here to represent the state, to represent the uh, the union, to pimp the you know to to intimidate or to attempt to threaten, in some cases, the state representatives into doing his bidding and the union's bidding, which is to say not allow the people of New Hampshire to vote on this question. That's ultimately what these reps did, was they denied yeah. the people the right to vote.
2: I would think that even – I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure, and I'm firmly in the let's get divorced camp, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure that the vote would not um, – that we would not get a majority on our side, even if the vote were to occur. So I've got agree, to yeah. wonder: mm. what are they afraid of? Are they just afraid of finding out what that number is? Yes, I, th- I suspect that they are because we. Be- because I also think that number is much higher than people yeah, think. I, yes,
1: I, I think the reason. You know, I think part of the reason that they're scared is because they actually realize that there's a lot more support for this than, uh, you know, they 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 want to admit basically either that or they're afraid that
0: there's
2: more support than they want to admit
0: they they, Mm -hmm. we don't really know the most recent study that was done looked. they
2: do a lot of polling though so i would guess that they have at least a clue well that's what i was going to
0: say is there was a study that was done i think it was 2021 or 2020 fairly recent where they looked at uh the question was essentially if your state were to secede and join a union of nearby states would you support that? So it wasn't pure secession; yeah. it was secession with a new union. Sure. But mm-hmm. so, like, New England would have its own union, and then you know the the West would have its own union, or the Southeast, that kind of thing.
2: See, that would be problematical for me because. Um, I would say that the Northeast, with the exception of New Hampshire, is probably yeah. worse politically than New Hampshire than uh, than the United States as a whole.
0: No, I, I get you. I, yeah. I don't. I don't like that plan, but it's the best uh, study that I've seen in recent years because they did mm-hmm. ask people a question about secession, what? and a significant number of them were in favor of it. I can pull up the numbers here, but it was it was roughly a third of New
1: Englanders said yes. It's, you know what's interesting is the represent rep- Representatives don't match up With the polling data of the masses Which means that they're not doing a very good job representing us What do you mean? Well I mean all these polls No matter how you ask the question it, It's always more than 4% right So you would think Ooh. that you know we'd have it, You know let's say it was a third right mm-hmm. A third or four independents Oh I see what you mean the reps uh, You would aren't- think that a third okay. of the reps would be for independents But clearly you know we only had 4% Which suggests that we don't know you know, what they're not percentage. representing us very well
2: Well we know what percent voted for it but we don't know what percentage thought it was a bad idea and what percentage were just cowardly
0: i'm going to presume that most of the free staters were cowardly on this there's supposedly about 40 (laughs) supposedly 40 free staters in the state house i don't know who they all are but that's what i've heard 40 that's what
1: i've heard that's what jeremy kaufman did did we go i thought we went from 20 to 30 uh,
0: free according to uh, Jeremy Kaufman who's the executive director of the Free State Same project 40? right now he's saying
2: more than 40 uh, it depends are free on how you design, define free stater too is he saying movers or people know. who are associated with the movement not sure that, those are very different numbers
1: yeah, i was to say the fsp and, you know itself said it went from 20 to 30 between the last election cycle and this one that's why i'm just curious where the 40 came from maybe, You'll have to ask him maybe he means friends of the free state and and he used the term freestater.
0: I don't know whatever that means. It generally means somebody who cares about liberty. Uh, the number six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. But most of them didn't vote for uh, this particular amendment. We're right. coming up. It's Free Talk Live, and the phones are open. If you want to join the show, you can at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. By the way, I want to say thank you to Steve Lemansky who is a Free Talk Live supporter. Via our AMPS program over at amps.freetalklive.com. A-M-P-S dot freetalklive.com. You can sign up there. It's our Patreon And it allows you to uh, support what we do here on Free Talk Live. Get some cool benefits from doing that as well. So Steve signed up as a gold, which means he's doing at least 10 bucks a month. Thank you, Steve, for the assistance there. And uh, we appreciate it. Over at amps.freetalklive.com, you can join up there. That's amps.freetalklive.com. As we continue here, we're going to go to your phone calls and thoughts. And then I'll play some of the audio from the House floor yesterday at this historic hearing that I don't know. Historic and hysteric. Has this ever happened before? where the people where there was actually a constitutional amendment put forth to try to peacefully allow the people to peacefully secede from the United States. Did that happen during the Southern See, States? I think
2: I think it's the wrong first step personally. Oh
0: yeah, what's the first, what should
2: it be? I think the first step should be for our state to pass a constitutional amendment saying that if any state should secede from the union, we will Do everything in our power to prevent the federal government from going to war with that state, Mm -hmm. including refusing to send our National Guard to fight our former countrymen. And I think we should push that amendment in every state where it has even a chance of passing, maybe where it maybe even where it doesn't have a, a chance of pa- passing, but get as many states as possible on that. We won't mm. go to war to keep other states in I mean, the union.
1: One, one of the problems I think with that is it's a complicated message. It's hard to, uh, you know, it, you know, one of the things I liked about the, this constitutional amendment was it was short and simple and yeah. there was nothing to get confused about.
2: That it's 12. It's confusing. Words. Um, we won't go to war to keep other states in the union. I, <laughs> I, I still think I
1: still think it's I I still think it's a more confusing message, uh, than you know independence. Well, there right? are,
0: the good news is there's already a bill uh, that somebody put forward this session in the New Hampshire State House that, mm. and I don't know if it's passed or not. I don't recall the status of it, but the proposed legislation would prohibit the state or would prohibit the National Guard from being able to be called up by the federal government unless there's a declaration of war. Ooh. Now I'm not sure if that is written as only to foreign usage or if it's just in general there needs to be a declaration of war. I suspect it's foreign use, but
2: Yeah, I mean if it's general, that would cons that would put create some interesting constitutional questions because the federal constitution allows calling out i does it it doesn't say the militia i don't know exactly what it says but it says something along it it lists the purposes under which the the president can call up mm-hmm. the uh um the armed forces and one of those i think is civil unrest mm. Um, hmm. so it would be very interesting. I mean I would still support it. I don't think the military should be used for that purpose Indeed um, you know,
1: you know what might be an interesting uh, change uh, if something's not independence, but something a change to our constitution that that basically would um, not it wouldn't declare independence, but it, it simply would basically, change the status of our constitution to clarify that it 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 supersedes sort of i guess the u.s constitution Mm -hmm. um because i mean to make that clear to people yeah i mean it's i mean obviously right now it's it's understood that the u.s constitution you know supersedes but uh, it's not supposed to yeah right the the u.s constitution came after the state so yeah i see
0: what you're saying it's not a bad idea let's um, bring ridley on here dave ridley from new hampshire you're on free talk live
3: Hi, gentlemen. Uh, Actually, uh, yeah, I I have uh, some thoughts regarding how uh, a ceasefire could be implemented unilaterally in Ukraine.
0: Okay, yeah, I honestly don't know what uh, has been going on. They've been so busy with uh, NH exit stuff. What's uh, what's the latest over there?
3: I'm trying to do both. (laughs) But the uh, uh, well, you know, the Ukrainians are doing well uh, in in many ways, uh, you know, compared to what was expected. So it's kind of a repeat of the Finnish War of 1939, where the Russians go in, they think they're going to have a cakewalk, and the Finns, the Finns just eviscerated the Russians uh, in 1939. And that's kind of what the Ukrainians are doing. Uh, and it gives them the opportunity, the Ukrainians could act unilaterally at this point uh, from this you know, kind of a position of strength that they have uh, in, in many ways. So uh, and, and any, any side in this war could act unilaterally. Uh, for, for example, Ukraine could uh, basically just make a small ameliorative gesture, for example, like uh, you know, a, a small prisoner release or some humanitarian gesture or something like that, make sure it's really well publicized and put pressure on the Kremlin to, to make a very small ameliorative gesture of its own that doesn't hurt them, right? So if, if, the, Kremlin, if the Kremlin refuses this, then Ukraine just gets stronger because look, we did this ameliorative, we, we tried to stop this, we did this ameliorative gesture and they didn't respond, right, so the West would become enraged. Uh, and, and the same way Kremlin, the Kremlin could do this in Ukraine right now, they could do some small ameliorative gesture, get it well publicized, um, and then uh, put pressure on Ukraine to do just some, some small uh, ameliorative gesture in response. It, you're saying uh, that's time, if
0: either side wanted to de-escalate the conflict they could do that Yeah so
3: this could this
0: create I'm not sure they do an
3: es- like an escalating series of de-escalations if that, if that makes sense. Any side in this war can do that by themselves right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they
0: could. Uh doesn't seem that uh, that Putin is particularly interested in that. Uh but then again, you know, P- according to Putin, he's just there to defend the republics that had declared independence uh, back in 2014 from ongoing alleged ongoing attacks. Uh so I mean, he doesn't seem like the de-escalation type once he's you know, he sunk his teeth into something, but I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. I'd like to be wrong.
2: Well, if you want a suggestion for formulating your your proposal, I don't know who you're going to submit it to or how you're going to submit it, but one thing that you might want to note in there is the original meaning of the word parole uh, was not about criminal um, criminal criminals at all. The original meaning of parole was when somebody was captured in war um, and they were and they were released because it's expensive to keep prisoners of war. Um, uh, They would give their parole um, that they would not return to the fight if they Mm. were released and the reason that's important is because a promise given under duress is not legally or morally binding but a parole is always given under duress and it uh and it gets over that um that issue so it's just something to consider when you're writing this thing up
0: uh ridley can we can we can we keep you on and talk about something we have control over which is new hampshire i'd love to get your opinion on the new hampshire keep me exit status keep me on okay hang on here more coming up here in moments because we really can't do anything about uh ukraine and russia except watch and see what's next the number is 603-283-6160 you can join us here and share your thoughts this is free talk live free talk live the phones are open and you can join us here the number is 603-283-6160 that's 603-283-6160 in the studio with you tonight you've got ian nobody and chris we're going to go back to your phone calls and thoughts then coming up chris has a story about this bank transfer system that uh, is being accused of rampant fraud, and we'll get into what their response is about that on the way.
2: Well, it's not surprising considering the entire banking system is based on fraud.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. Yeah. I figured uh, it'd be a good topic here tonight. So we'll get into that, but first we're talking also the latest on uh, some of the latest out of Russia. Uh, But first, we're going to go back to Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com. Dave, a longtime supporter of New Hampshire Independence. As you know, the bill for independence, the constitutional amendment, was on the House floor for the very first time ever. A very historic event yesterday, even though it did not work out, as I don't think any of us really expected that it would. Uh, Only 13 people voted in favor of it out of 336, I believe, that were uh, in attendance for the vote. But I don't think we had a chance to get your response uh, and your thoughts on maybe what the next step should be. Uh, what are your thoughts, Dave, as somebody who's been uh, involved in this thing from the, from the very beginning?
3: Uh, yeah, first, I didn't get a chance to finish my thought on, on Ukraine. Uh, okay. The objective in, in, in the Ukraine piece that I'm suggesting is, is aim for what happened in Finland in 1940, where you have a short war. Uh, Finland is not radicalized to any large extent. Uh, the, the right, the, the, you, 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 Finland got got a chance to establish that you don't mess with Finland, but Russia got enough ground. You know, they want enough territory to sort of bury their dead. Um, so that's what needs to probably be the aim of any peace in, in Ukraine: is try and repeat kind of what happened in Finland, where you don't you don't get a you, don't, you the country's not destroyed, the war's short. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, there's no appeasement. The line is drawn but uh you know uh, y- y- ukraine uh, gets to prove that it's the badass but uh, uh russia also you know gets a little bit of territory that's probably again it happened in the finnish war and it was not such a bad outcome so um that's probably the aim here i mean it's better than it's better than appeasement and it's better than nuclear war okay
2: well i think you should anyway. give putin and zelensky a call and and Let them make know. that suggestion yeah Um, I suspect they're not listening to us. You know, while we're on (laughs) the subject of Ukraine, I learned an interesting thing today, which is uh, Facebook has changed its policy Mm -hmm. and it is no longer um, forbidden to praise the uh the segment of the ukrainian military which is explicitly neo-nazi and apparently it wasn't allowed to say anything positive about them but you're now allowed to if they're fighting the russians but the interesting thing about that to me is that I didn't. I wasn't really aware that there is a segment of the Ukrainian military which is explicitly neo-Nazi. Oh yeah, that's, and that's kind of important to know. Yeah,
0: no, that's absolutely true. Uh, in fact, that's one of the reasons why Putin says he's doing what he's doing. He yep. says one of his goals is to denazify Ukraine.
2: Yeah, well, that's definitely something that he's said. I think your average. Um, American would say that's just Russian propaganda, nope, but no, they're they're really and, there. Apparently, you know, what it sounds like to me, it sounds
1: like an excuse to invade Ukraine and a little more. Even though there's probably true like there's probably some truth
2: to it. But. Well, it kind of. It kind of goes a long way toward eliminating the idea that there's a good guy in this No, there's definitely
0: no good guys Um, when it comes to governments in the world. Uh, So, Ridley, your thoughts on New Hampshire exit? Yesterday, the bill came up for a vote. It went down, uh, sadly, with 323 to 13. But a lot of people are saying this
3: is a good start. What do you think? What's your analysis of this? Okay, I still wasn't finished. The article is uh, Freaking.com okay. about Ukraine, but Freaking.com article about Ukraine. Got it. But okay. Now I can talk about it. Now I can talk great. about it Yes. Yeah. This was, this was, we've gotten further than we thought we'd ever get that this was not designed to get votes. It was designed to get attention and it's absolutely mm-hmm. achieving that. Apparently we finally, like our, our great success is in defeat here right now because <laughs> we, we've broken through and all the media is talking about it. It seems like, so that's good.
0: Right. So the media is, of course, now gloating. Oh, yeah, it went down in flames and New Hampshire state reps are saying they're with the union. And what are you seeing in the media? I saw there was an AP story uh, about it that was getting picked up in a lot of places. Have you seen other national coverage?
3: I guess the Washington Post had something on it. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I haven't started looking yet, actually. I was just I was absorbing links that were posted by other people. And those are now posted by a post of post on forum.shiresociety.com where I've listed all the articles that I know of so far, uh, but I haven't even started looking directly for mm. articles yet. I've just been posting the ones that, that I accidentally ran into.
1: I... I am curious uh, how they're how they're kind of framing this now. Um, is are they blaming this on like the Free Staters? Like in the stories that they're writing up? Like no, the whole... not that I've
0: not that I've seen. I mean, certainly the
2: Democrats that's on too their, bad on their well, Twitter posts. Well, right, that's
1: kind of what I, what I'm thinking. It's well, no, like the it...
2: Democrats on their Twitter <laughs> posts are absolutely <laughs> blaming, blaming the free, free Staters. staters. Right, well, right, right. good. That means we're getting a lot of press out of it, well, and people right. who didn't know there was a Free State project are now going to hear about it from their crazy uncle Absolutely. who hates us. And, and this is and that's <laughs> one of the
1: I, I actually think it would be a good thing for them to blame the free staters because it brings attention to uh the movement and the fact that there are people working towards, you know, greater freedom as opposed to if they don't, mm. then, you know, I mean, we we might be making some progress here, but it's still it's it's not to the same degree, probably. I mean,
2: how many states have even had something like that introduced into the legislature <clears throat> in the last century?
1: I, I don't think We've ever had a state, as far as I've, we've been able to find anyway, that has implemented some sort of constitutional amendment for independence
0: in the last century. Certainly nothing. Uh, but I, I do. I've still asked the question, and I've have not yet gotten an answer. Like during the Southern Rebellion. Uh, were there constitutional amendments down there, or was it just the legislatures who just declared we're out? How did that go? What were the what mm. were the processes in the different states down there?
2: That's that's an interesting question, and there have to be historians who know the answer to it. Um, I mean, I know that there was a declaration made that, if I recall correctly um actually borrows a lot of language from the original declaration of independence um there's dave did you just say boo there's
3: this idea there's this concept i call it the tokyo rose process so tokyo rose you know she used to report japanese victories closer and closer to tokyo (laughs) right right uh and it's just sort of the same way with this, like you know, the initial complaint about us was like, well, you're just some protesters at a building. And then, then it goes, well, you're just, you're just have some legislation. Well, now, you, now you're now you just some people who have legislation with seven co-sponsors. Oh, now you're just people that have legislation that's gone all the way through the process and had a three hour hearing and 75 people showed up to support it. But, but now you're just these people that, that, that you know, uh, that had the house to vote on it. Uh, you know, so. What? and now you're just these people that have massive publicity so yeah we just we, we're we're moving forward.
1: Yeah, oh, and, yeah. <laughs> and you know it's it's interesting because it's actually looking at this from a different perspective. They didn't vote to table it. Uh, you know they could they have tried. Just, they tried, and they could have just gotten rid of it and, and not had three hours of. You it know, wasn't three hours; it was a half hour, a half hour of debate hour, or whatnot. Uh, hearing was the one we were
0: at. Yeah, he's referring to the open session where anyone could testify. But yeah, um, Ridley, one other thought before you uh, before you go. What do you think should be next? What should we do differently in the next year? Um, should this thing be brought up as is a second time, or should there be a different approach
3: uh this coming year or what well one of the state reps a couple months ago um that she she was declining to become a co-sponsor and she told me uh i you know she wanted a study committee um Mm. and um so there is some support for study committee um uh, you know I, i think that we've gotten the conversation started and that does one of the reasons for having exit legislation is that it, it creates a situation where now people are starting to talk about the details and how it would work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a really important conversation that, for instance, Slovenia did not really get a chance to talk about that much before they were independent. Uh, and Yep, we by, certainly by have plenty
0: person- of time at this point. Thank you, Dave, for the call tonight. Dave Ridley there from RidleyReport.com. We continue at 603 283 6160. You can join the show. We'll get some audio from the House floor with NH Exit on the way. talk Live. The phones are open here. You can join us at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio here tonight, it's Ian, nobody, and Chris. You can bring up anything you want. And don't forget, free talk Live is brought to you by Bitcoin.com. Ready to learn about cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash? You can do that over at Bitcoin.com. Just click Get Started at the top of the page. Of course, that's not all they have at Bitcoin.com. they got a ton of useful features. You can buy your first Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash or Dash or others. they got a bunch of different cryptos that you can purchase directly there. I believe just using your debit card. Uh, over i've not tried it myself because i'm not allowed to buy cryptocurrency (laughs) under my bail conditions but i've seen the option uh you can go to bitcoin.com look around there's a lot of cool features there and if you're not brand new to crypto you want to get the latest news headlines just head over to news.bitcoin.com that's news.bitcoin.com as we head to the phones to the fun we got steven on the line in georgia north georgia you're on free talk live steven
5: hey um so i heard this conversation I thought it was fairly interesting about how Southern states seceded. I can't speak for every Southern state, but I know that Georgia, um, essentially, our Georgia state Congress voted on it in uh, '63 to secede.
0: Okay, so um, it wasn't put to a vote of the people; it was just the Congress directly who said they won out.
5: No, and and the way that the Georgia, the way that the Georgia school system wants you to understand. Georgia's sovereignty, is um, we separated ourselves from Great Britain, um, and then we chose to unite ourselves with the United States. And then in 1863, we chose to walk away from that agreement. Um, And then depending on who you listen to after that, um, either A, um, the evil United States uh, forced us back in, um, with violence and reconstruction, or B, um, we lost the war; therefore, we had to submit. Um, and so that's that's one state. I can't speak for the other six, but that's one state.
1: Hmm. I, I'm go. curious though, when they voted, was it a law
5: that they passed,
1: or was it a constitutional amendment? How did they? How did that come to be? It
5: was, it was be? Essentially a law.
1: Hmm. It was just a regular law, regular old law. 51% um, uh, needed to, to to declare it.
5: Georgia's secession from the union followed nearly two decades of, oh, crap, of, of increasing intense segregation, but that's not the article. Um, it was a fairly, it was a fairly clean cut vote. I think it was like 280 something to 35. Oh, wow. 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 Um, yeah, because once again, you have to remember the South, um, and I'm not I'm not taking sides here, but the South said that um, this was a war on states' rights, and it was going to affect the pocket. Well, um, what's like Georgia? Like to this day, our emblem, our seal is cotton, right? So when you tell everyone that you're gonna take away their cotton and their ability to produce cheap cotton and their ability to feed themselves. Very few people are going to say, yeah, let's let's stay a part of that system.
0: I'm with you, Stephen. Uh, anything else you want to share
5: tonight? Yeah. Um, if New Hampshire secedes, I'm moving.
2: Groovy. <laughs> okay. um, can I suggest that that will probably happen quicker if, if you make the investment in coming up here and helping us yeah, work not, on getting out. Yeah, th- definitely.
0: Unfortunately, there's a lot of people out there that just don't have the, the commitment. Uh, I would love for those people who say, because there's a lot of people like that who say, oh yeah, I'll come on up if y'all secede, so okay, we get to do all the work. And, <laughs> uh, and then you just get to come on up and, and enjoy the benefits, which you certainly would be free to do in a free New Hampshire, because hopefully we would have open borders and, oh, and for true, sure. true freedom here. But yeah, we could get this done a lot sooner if uh, everybody who said they were going to come later would just come now and you know get this done thank you for the call steven appreciate it uh the number here is 603-283-6160 and there's people who've said that about it, uh, almost every issue yeah if you guys legalize weed i'm coming up there yeah right okay well. Mm-hmm. We're not really that excited about that because you're not going to help us now. So why would you help us later?
1: The way the way you accomplish these things is not by waiting until something happens. It's by going and doing it. Yeah. And then and then you you do. And that's the nice thing about New Hampshire is we get the
0: doers. We get the people who are willing to get started and do things right now
1: we definitely punch above our uh, our weight class i guess mm-hmm. it, it definitely in terms of like politics in new hampshire um we make up a very small minority but we we have a heck of a lot of reps you know uh and support and everything else and it's because you know it's because we get out there we do the activism we do we run we throw more uh, uh people up to run for office so more people get elected it doesn't even matter You know, it doesn't even matter what what you say. It's just the fact that you put more people up; more people get elected. So, yeah,
0: I'm just looking here at a story about uh, state secession back in the 1800s: South Carolina, uh, Florida, Alabama, Georgia, and it does look like they had delegates. Uh, So it wasn't Mm -hmm. a straight-up vote of the people. It was they had, like, secession conventions, and delegates went to that convention, and and they voted there uh, to secede. So I don't see anything just here at a glance that there was any kind of vote of the people. convention?
1: Or is it... I don't know. Are there other kind of conventions?
0: It's at a secession convention here, so some sort of a special Uh, hmm. uh, convention to secede or vote on it. It does say here that in Tennessee... There was a vote, apparently. There was a statewide election, and they had rejected secession at that time. And then the delegates then voted for secession after that fact. So maybe Tennessee did have an actual vote. Hmm. Anyway, if you know more and you want to weigh in here, you're welcome to join us at 603-283-6160. But as far as a constitutional amendment is concerned, I've not seen anything about that ever happening before. And the thing I really like about New Hampshire's approach, or at least its first attempt, which hasn't worked this time, uh, but usually political things don't work the first time, so it takes multiple attempts, I like the idea of the constitutional um, amendment because it requires a supermajority. Yeah, And so there's no one who can say, oh, that was just a fluke vote or whatever. Oh, you got 51% by a nose, right? Uh, Most people still didn't want this. They just didn't show up at the poll. No, if you get 67% of the people who vote to say goodbye to the United States, I mean, that's a pretty much a mandate at that point.
6: Mm
2: -hmm.
0: There's no doubt. It wasn't even close, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that's good. And plus, it then has to get through 60% of the state House and 60% of the state Senate. So, the bar is high, and that means it's going to be difficult to accomplish that. We have a lot to do in order to make this thing possible. And one of the things that needs to get done is some of these pro-America, pro-Union, pro-Empire state reps, they got to get voted out. I mean, yeah they just sure. have to get replaced the modern Tories and
1: I mean, mm-hmm. and and some of this, again, some of this is we need to we need to throw more people up to run more liberty minded people yeah. up just to run for office because a lot of these people aren't hard to get elected. It's just numbers. You need to have enough yeah. people running in order to get them elected. If you just don't have anybody running against the only opponent, you know, if there's only one person running and they're not one of your people, there's no way for your people to get elected into office to to actually change make the change. So this is one of the reasons why you know you need to have more people moving and you know absolutely moving and doing and we have that that's happening
0: so. and we're at record levels now with movers and hopefully more coming this year. It certainly sounds like it when we talk to the the realtors like Mark Warden, the Porcupine he, Real Estate. He aunt.
1: actually I, I've heard that he actually has had to turn people down. Uh, he's
0: the, had to hire staff
1: because yep. he can't handle the, the load. Right. Uh
0: he's super busy. Now and now two things are going to be different the second time around on this secession bill. Let's let's presume the same exact bill gets filed and it can be filed by the way as soon as next year. Because I thought it could only happen every two years. The the rule, is that
1: only for let
0: like me clarify, the bills. Rule, let me clarify. The rule is it can only happen once per two year term. And so we're in the second oh, year right now of the okay. two-year term. So the new term starts next year. So they could file it next year, or they could file something different next year and then wait till 2024. Hmm. Um, so, but it could be filed next year. But let's say it is, and this whole thing, this whole process, starts over again two of the objections that came up this time around we're going to have evidence to say they don't apply hopefully one is the 13 people the heroes that voted for this the with some people with an actual spine in the state legislature the 13 men and one woman uh 12 men one woman that voted for this will they get reelected in november of those who run for re-election Will they succeed at getting reelected? That's going to be, you know, clue number one that this isn't that this issue isn't a career killer because there's a lot right. of state reps who are concerned that they're not going to get elected if they vote for this. So they may support quietly. They might agree with state uh, independence, but they're afraid of what the voters are going to do.
1: I, yeah, I honestly like when I, when you look at the fact that they didn't table it. It seems like they're, I mean, they listened. I mean, the fact that No, no, no.
0: They only didn't table it because the Democrats wanted to get a roll call vote so they could target the people that voted for oh, it. Oh. But regardless, it okay. still worked for us because we wanted to get a roll call vote right, so right, we could target absolutely. the people that voted against yep. it. Okay. Um, and the other thing is so, not only the question is, can they be reelected? And if so, then that wipes that objection off the table, right? If these guys get reelected. Secondly, if no one is charged with treason as the, the state reps were saying they would be, then that proves that there's no criminal charges that could happen to the state reps by going for this thing. And I suspect we're not going to see anyone charged with treason of no. these 13. There's more coming up here. Hour two's on the way. Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You dial in, bring up whatever you want here. The number is 603 283 6160. Here tonight it's in Nobody and Chris. 603 283 6160. You can join the show, bring up whatever is on your mind. We were talking a little bit about the New Hampshire exit amendment that did not succeed. Yesterday, sadly, 323 to 13 was the vote to kill the bill. And uh, 13 brave, 12 brave men, one brave lady voted for this particular thing, voted to not kill it.
2: Well, you know what they say if at first you don't secede, try, try again.
0: Yes, indeed. And that is certainly going to be the plan here in New Hampshire. We have now gone further than any of the other secession movements in the united states and i gotta give a lot of credit to the texans i mean they do have a huge level of support there but unfortunately the bottleneck in texas is their political system it's just not accessible the the powers that be have more control there so the uh the referendum that they tried to put forward last year it was like january of 2021 when this thing was announced it didn't even get into a committee yeah yeah so it didn't get a public hearing, which we had a public hearing, as you guys pointed out, was three hours in length uh, that happened back in, I think it was January when that transpired here and then every bill has to get a public hearing in new hampshire and every bill makes it to the floor of the state house and so they tried to table it they tried to basically kill it before they killed it which is what a tabling would do would prevent any kind of meaningful discussion or prevent any kind of uh, meaningful vote but luckily the democrats wanted to out anyone who would vote in favor of this thing so they voted against the tabling as well as the, presumably the 13 people that voted to not kill the bill so Democrats plus the 13 was able to outnumber the Republicans who wanted to table the bill <laughs> and so then it went to an actual discussion on the floor and I'm gonna continue I've got some audio from the State House floor I think it'd be uh, be useful to play that here can historic occasion but first let's go to Sarah she's in New Mexico you're on free talk live Sarah
6: okay hold up um yeah I just wanted to say that. Our rail runner, uh, the, there's a train service that goes from Albuquerque to Santa Fe. We now have the highest passenger um, number ever because um, the, the gas prices went up.
2: Mm-hmm.
6: So we have so many people riding the train, and, and I'm so excited. And uh, we also upgraded it. You always
2: get happy name. when other people are not. <laughs> <laughs>
6: what, what do you mean? What, 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 well, don't, don't you think it's fun riding the, the train? They're not taking the train because
2: they want to take the train. They're taking the train because they're in economic pain. That was a yeah. lot of A-N words there. Um, yeah, enjoying
1: people's other people's suffering is... I
2: don't know if that's where she's
0: coming from on this. Sarah just likes it when people use public transportation. I don't think that she's experiencing uh, schadenfreude, where she's actually getting pleasure from other people's pain. Are you, Sarah? You're not getting pleasure from this, right?
6: Oh, no, no. My my excitement is over people that... Public transportation. Yeah, see, she's
0: just got a thing for choo-choo's. Okay. She likes a choo-choo, and so whenever people are on the choo-choo... They've got great
2: trains in China. (laughs) You should visit at least. (laughs) (laughs) You you might like it there. There's no freedom at all. Uh, You (laughs) know, that sounds like your kind of place. Actually, there was a guy... Go ahead.
6: Well, you know that I'm a green energy person, right? I'm a Democrat, and we're all about uh, clean air... And that's the reason why I'm really excited. The less gasoline that we use, the less uh, petroleum. Um, how does the so train go gonna...
0: uh, on its, like, what makes the train move forward? Is it coal fired? I well,
6: doubt I, it. I don't know. <sighs> diesel. Well, how, how do they, it's not, it's not, um, it's not those magnetic levitation train that they got in Europe and right? Japan. So it's probably, it's really as nobody train. puts
0: it, running on diesel fuel, right? You don't know. You have no
6: idea. I, I, I guess, I guess they, but you know, something it caught. Um, it's better than like three hundred cars going to Santa Fe and back. That's more emissions.
2: Right. You Not would... if you want to go in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm
1: still trying to understand. Are or you go a... somewhere the train tracks don't go. Sir, <laughs> mm. I got I got a question for you. Are you
6: a communist or are you a Democrat? Well, you know, have you figured out the the Democratic? The communists work with the Democratic Socialist Party, don't you? Don't you think that they're of the same party? Well, I, I mean, do. it's not. Yeah, it's not exactly the same. But uh, the thing about it is that the communists have to work with the socialist democratic party. The communist, like uh, communist, uh, uh, what well, the Obama was accused of being a communist. They call communist Kamala Harris. And Joe Biden, all of Democratic Party is a socialist party.
0: Do you feel so like people I, should be forced to ride the train? That they should have to give up their cars, and everyone should have to ride the train or take the city bus?
6: No, 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 not no? force. Okay. okay, not force, but it's available, so people are taking advantage of it. Since now, what about using force
0: to uh, put train tracks through places? Like, for instance, you might have to steal somebody's property from them and add new train tracks through there. Would you be in favor of that?
6: Well, isn't that called eminent domain? That happened to a lot of people. That yeah, the yeah, that's exactly planning. what it's
0: called. That's the euphemism for stealing
2: people's property. Eminent domain yeah. is just theft in five syllables. Yeah.
6: <laughs> you know what? I I do. I just support that one condition. It means for the benefit of the whole society. If it's for the well, who decides?
2: The, our well, five hundred I mean, owners in Washington? I mean, the they whole, own us. They make all our decisions for us. They can do whatever <laughs> they want to us. That, that sounds also
1: also kind of misleading because, like, is there anything that benefits the whole of society?
2: No, everything benefits no, some and harms others.
6: Right, right, right. That's correct. But that's the the number of the breakdown. If it's going to benefit ninety percent of the population, and they're going to benefit, but maybe five percent, they'll lose their home or their whatever they have. And, you know, Sorry. I mean, that's
0: the, you can go live in the so welfare the, houses with Sarah,
6: <laughs> and You know what I mean? but nobody wants to sacrifice. That's the problem. And then nobody, no, sacrifice. everybody
2: wants to sacrifice. Nobody wants to be sacrificed. <laughs> you know, they had the same problem in the Aztecs. The guy whose heart was getting cut
6: out always fought back. Um, I you know I, I don't know if we do those, but you know I just want to say that we had a lot of problem when we were being the um the ART the uh, bus transit that the a lot of people thought whatever happened with
0: the, that thing you you used to call in about the this <coughs> right. rapid transit this uh, government right. boondoggle that was funded by the federal government or something and it cost a ton of money did they ever yeah, finish the that is, job
6: well 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 it um it has. And it's just wonderful. It's the best air conditioning. It's rapid. Um, and it has really improved how our How many businesses city? had to
0: die because of that? Because there were a lot of businesses that were shut down due to this thing being installed nearby wherever their business was. And it basically killed their business because no one could get into the parking lot because, you know, construction crews out there for a year but... or whatever. Do you have any idea how many businesses went under because of this?
6: Well I don't I don't really have that data, but, but that was the sacrifice. But it was some of them. Those people you didn't want to they didn't want to give it hmm.
2: You're well, always I mean... happy to sacrifice somebody else.
0: <laughs> Indeed. Thank you. Sarah is the one who decides who, what benefits society. <laughs> Thanks for the call tonight. The number here is 603 283 6160. But that's the reality. People went out of business because of this rapid transit thing. So, you know, some homeless people could get from point A to point B quicker. I guess
2: they got thrown under the bus. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Indeed. So the number here, if you want to join the show, at 603-283-6160. And if we are to, or when we are to secede, we will no longer be on the hook for these government development projects. Oh, did you guys hear that there was like a $1.5 trillion spending bill that the Congress just passed that no one had a chance to read? Oh, yeah. It was 2,000
2: plus pages, I think 2,700 wow. pages, and it was voted in a day after it was introduced. So literally nobody read it impossible and not me the right. other nobody yeah absolutely impossible
0: <laughs> no one could possibly read that it is humanly impossible to read 2700 pages of legalese, mind Ian, you, in you 24 hours. but I'm it.
2: sure everything in it was for the greater good, <laughs> no, for sure. <laughs> uh, but if you, gotta, you define the greater good it, as paying off cronies of the politicians. In order to read it, you gotta <laughs> pass it, right? Yeah,
0: that's what they say. Yeah. Uh, the number is six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. There's another trillion and a half. Uh, are we going to be at forty trillion debt by the end of this year? Is that too? Uh, is that too crazy to suggest that that's possible? Uh,
1: all i know is prices going
2: up on everything too crazy when it comes to the federal government yeah it's true more on the way here you
0: can join the show it is free talk live it's free talk live and the phones are open here if you want to join the show you can the number is 603-283-6160 that's 603-283-6160 it's ian nobody and chris in the studio and Freedoms Phoenix is a liberty-oriented news aggregation site. If you want the newest and freshest stories and perspectives on current events, for those who value liberty, you can find those at freedomsphoenix.com. They also have a daily dispatch that you can sign up for and stay up to date on science, technology, historical findings, liberty news, government overspending, and the rise of the police state. Freedoms with an S, phoenix.com. That's freedomsphoenix.com. We have been talking on and off about the New Hampshire exit bill that uh, or constitutional amendment that got proposed went through the process ended up on the floor of the state house yesterday where sadly it did die uh it was killed 323 to 13 but it is as you put it nobody just the beginning of a long process because whenever you start to try to change the political system you got to expect you're not going to win the first time out
2: well according to the medical examiner it died of covid
0: <laughs> i want to go to the uh, the state house floor here from the video that you can find over at video.freekeen.com a uh, full 30 plus minute long floor discussion what exactly happened we played some of it last night the first two uh speeches and this is the one from brody Deshays. now this guy is the status tool he is the young guy that the uh the pro union people the pro empire side has been using to Uh, to try to threaten and intimidate the rest of the state house into doing their bidding and so here is his speech
4: well thank you for uh for for indulging me mr speaker and thank you to the members of the house for for listening and i know i'll be brief i'll be uh i'll be um succinct first let me say i'm amazed that i must speak as to why this is a bad idea not only logistically but constitutionally why this is impossible, why it's improbable, and why it's a violation of our oath to the U.S. Constitution and to the state of New Hampshire's Constitution.
0: It is none of those things, but we'll get into that as he uh, divvies up what he has to say.
2: I mean, if New Hampshire became un... un uh... Uh, successfully seceded it could well be that the uh, such government as we had here was closer to what the constitution mandates than what they have in america which is nowhere near what absolutely the Constitu- yeah i mean the if you're a friend of the Constitution, you should be figuring out how to put it out of its misery, because it's being tortured.
0: <laughs> yeah, as uh, Matt Sandinastasso, who's a free stater and a state representative, one of the co-sponsors on the bill, said in his speech, which we played that yesterday, uh, You know, he, he pointed out that the U.S. government has violated the Constitution countless times. Routinely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If it was an agreement, it's been violated, yeah. like you said, over and over.
2: And once a cons- once a contract has been breached... It ceases to be a contract, it's, and
1: and the crazy thing is, it's almost um, like if you're talking about like courts, it's almost impossible to get them to take your constitutional rights into account. Um, mm-hmm. It it just doesn't happen,
4: right?
0: I do not legislate. Oh, by the way, if you're gonna if you want to play a drinking game at home, don't do it while you're in the car, please. But whenever Brody says the word right. As he's speaking, go ahead and take a drink.
4: Based on hashtags, and I do not think we should either, just because something is purportedly trending, which I'm not on Twitter, so I've never seen it, right? <laughs> but let's be, let's be honest, let's be frank about what this is right now. This is a historic moment, not just in the state of New Hampshire, but it's a historic moment in America. This is the first time a legislative body has debated and will vote upon binding, binding secession.
0: No, that is not true. Now, it may be one of the first times that a constitutional amendment and we don't we haven't been corrected on this yet. If there is a correction feel free to call in at 603-283-6160, but a constitutional amendment that would allow the people to vote. The binding part of this is not something that the uh that the, that the representatives are voting on. They're not voting on binding anyone to anything except putting something on the ballot. That's all that they were voting on here is should this question about peaceful independence for new hampshire should that be on the ballot
2: well i mean if you're representing the federal government you should open with a lie
4: yes and there will be many lies
2: here coming from him
4: other secession movements that we've talked about many of those are non-binding they never get actual votes and debate on the floor this is binding it will be the first one debated since prior to the civil war that's a historic moment that's also concerning that we're joining a very bad group of states that tried to overthrow the U.S. Constitution, right? That tried to
0: no, not right. They did not try to overthrow yeah, the U.S. Constitution. This is
1: absolutely crazy too, because that's not what this bill would do. And independent New Hampshire does not get rid of the U.S. Constitution. <laughs> not on any it, way. In every other state, you would still have the U.S. Constitution. In New Hampshire, uh, I, I guess I don't know. Exa- I don't know exactly how this would would un- unfold. Maybe, but you know, we would still have a constitution in New Hampshire. The so. New Hampshire Constitution
0: right. was written before the U.S. Constitution we it's still in place There's, and it would still be in place and, and, and the US constitution as you say would still be in place right. we would just be out of it and i think
1: a lot of people don't understand this but a lot of the state constitutions are a lot of the uh they're actually they're actually uh stronger than the united states constitution new hampshire's is certainly right so that's most that's the case for most states um so like this idea that like oh we would lose all our rights or something of that nature is, is he's nonsense. not even saying that yeah he he's worried about the union i know, Overthrow.
4: I know. a a constitutionally elected and a constitutionally instituted government. I do not think this body should join such a group of states. We should not be joining those former Confederate States of America who were deemed treasons. You wouldn't be. If they voted for this thing, all you would be doing is letting the people
0: decide, which those other states didn't do, by the way. It was there, it was in the southern and states, the representatives, the delegates or whatever, who voted for secession, not the people themselves.
1: It's also – you're still not – another crazy thing about this is he's suggesting that we'd be joining the southern states like, like during the Civil War. This isn't the Civil War, right? Like no. we're not – we can't join even if even – He's if just saying we'd be bad boys like they were. That's what he's
0: saying.
2: <laughs> this Guilt is crazy. by association. We'd be in
0: bad company. Yeah. It's been uh, 150 uh, it's, years. That's just
1: crazy or whatever.
2: Well, of course, if we did vote to secede, the other group of people that voted to secede from a union was the founding fathers mm-hmm. when they voted yeah. to secede from Great Britain, because which we, was illegal. We talk about the revolution and the civil war well guess what the revolution wasn't a revolution and the civil war wasn't, wasn't a civil, civil war yeah. they were both wars of secession
1: yeah and, and you know what's interesting is it this this independence is more representative of not the civil war but the independence from great britain uh, yes. both of them were empires right yep um you know this one's worse right this one's worse so if the taxes anything, are worse the right.
0: empire is worse The warmongering uh, is worse. Right. We go on.
4: Right. I see right over my right-hand shoulder here, the man who beat back those who challenged our Constitution.
0: Guess who he's talking about? He's talking about a picture of a
1: historic figure. You wouldn't know it from uh, what he's saying, though. It's Abraham Lincoln.
4: And defended it, right? The most U.S. service—
2: Abraham Lincoln— violated the hell out of the constitution he suspended habeas corpus without a vote from congress he imprisoned newspaper editors who disagreed with them or exiled them and there's not even a there's not even a notion of exile in the american and he didn't give a
1: damn about the slaves correct me if i'm wrong but he was a slave owner I am not I sure. It wouldn't surprise so. me. I'm pretty sure he was a slave owner. He sure as hell
0: didn't give a damn about them. He yeah. said whatever it takes to keep the union together. It D- didn't matter to him. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160, but DeShay sure does like Abraham Lincoln, yep. and he's pandering to him. There's more coming up here, and you can share your thoughts. We'll share more of this guy's speech. It's Free Talk Live. So you've signed the Shire Society Declaration and are planning your move to New Hampshire to be around more liberty-oriented people. Next, sign up for the Shire Society Forum at forum.shiresociety.com. There are a bunch of people there who are already in the Shire, and they want to meet you. If you're already in the Shire physically, you should also come by the forums. Remember, not everyone uses Facebook. New people are signing up for the Shire Society Forum every month, so drop in and say hello at forum.shiresociety.com. It's Free Talk Live. You can join us here. The number is open for you at 603-283-6160. At 603-283-6160. In the studio with you here, you've got
1: Ian, nobody,
0: and Chris. We're getting the pro-government perspective, the pro-empire perspective uh, against secession From Brody Deshays, he is 23 years old. He's one of the youngest state representatives in New Hampshire's 400-person state
2: house. Well, there's still hope for him then. I was a socialist at that age.
0: I got better. (laughs) This guy is supposedly a Republican. He is, by the way, one of the worst-ranked Republicans on the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance rankings. They come out with a ratings card every single year with all of the state reps ranked based on their votes. Like, how do they vote? Do they vote in favor of liberty more Mm. often than not, or not so much? And this guy is one of the worst uh, when it comes to the Republicans. Obviously, there's a lot of Democrats that are worse than he is. But when he's giving this speech, you might hear some applause. It's the Democrats who are actually (laughs) applauding for his speech. Now, the Republicans, for the most part, voted against the the independence bill as well. But for whatever reason, they weren't as applaudy. As the uh, the Democrats in the audience, and we, you can tell who the Democrats were because they all sat together. They all had masks on, all except for three of them.
2: I, I counted. Are they still masky? Yeah. No. Oh, they- good God! I thought everybody. I thought everybody got over the no. pandemic once Putin. They're cured still signaling. I'm actually, still signaling you know.
1: Yeah, it's definitely interesting. I've actually noticed that there's still people wearing masks, and I I think there was I counted in uh, what was it like Chipotle the other day. Mm-hmm. I think there was about twenty percent of the people in Chipotle were were wearing a mask. Does that, that include the staff? That included the staff uh, as well. So mm-hmm. it might have been the lower. You know, if the if if the staff you know were not. Included, right, because they're but, a
0: corporate store, so they're right, all so they were mandated
1: up. possibly. But yeah, but yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it was uh, it was interesting because it, Keen, there is no mask mandate. I don't even think there's a no mask mandate in New York anymore, right? I believe they got rid of it, except for children in New York City. Like, Wait, Which- the children are required to wear masks. Oh children? yeah, young, that's, young that's happening. Well, that all makes no all sense over the country.
2: No. They're they're making uh, the children oh, wow. wear masks, even they even though they were never at risk from COVID. Nope um and it's it's i i think it's just part of trying to crate train the next generation uh to make sure that you know any independent thought is snuffed out yeah. and I'm, and
0: disconnect them from any humanity and the ability mm-hmm. to even
1: see someone smiling you know, I, you know, people were saying about how, you know, uh, making ma- kids wear masks was abusive. And I kind of always rolled my eyes to that. But now that the adults are like not required to wear masks and you're requiring children to wear masks, that is clearly abusive. Oh, yeah. Especially were given the
2: Super Bowl without masks. There were children playing sports in the same city who were mandated to wear oh, masks. Man, so and sick. kids are falling out uh, all the time during uh, during athletic events because because they're masked
1: wow yeah. yeah i would definitely not expect you know somebody to wear a mask during an athletic event given the
4: uh need for error in oxygen
1: let's go back to brody Deshays from the uh, the floor of the
0: state house here he goes
4: members that have died in any war was a civil war this body should not be proposing legislation that could throw us into the maelstrom of war right into the jaws of certain defeat don't leave your wife
2: don't leave your husband he'll kill you (laughs) (laughs) yeah well i mean really the
0: argument that these status that these unionists have is the argument from fear i mean that's what it all comes from oh they're gonna start a war with us oh they're gonna come they're
2: gonna love us so much that if we try to leave them they'll kill us that's right (laughs) it's
1: fear uncertainty and doubt yep sure is here
2: here's more
4: it's a terrible thing to do to our constituents, a terrible thing to do to a granite staters. The
0: terrible thing he's talking about would be to simply put something on the ballot so the people can vote for it. <laughs> if he believes that the people of New Hampshire are against secession, it would go down in flames on the ballot. What's he's, to be so worried and, about? And, and it's the crazy
1: thing about this is he's literally uh, you know attacking democracy, right? Yes, he's, he, is. Um, yes he is. Because so he does Democrats. He doesn't want us to vote. He doesn't want the people of New Hampshire to uh-huh. vote. He wants to take away our right to vote
0: yeah i gotta tell you what one of the democrats said to me because at one point all the dems were coming in together uh they all you could tell they all had masks on right so they're all coming in together and one of them actually admitted i'm sorry this is was an email but one in in person said he's a gatekeeper he doesn't want to let the people vote. And in an email, one of them said to me, quote, legislators can absolutely not trust voters with this decision, unquote. Wow. So, I mean, wow. that's, that's what they think
1: about democracy. They're the gatekeepers it's ag- for the people. Yeah, and that's kind of interesting because it's acknowledging that democracy is a failure. It's actually. a fraud. Yeah, it it's, a, it's a fraud. It's a failure.
4: And they claim to be all about it. Yeah. So... Let's let's also be cl- clear about a number of other things when we discuss the Constitution, because I'm looking at this strictly from a constitutional issue, <laughs> right? The federal government is the only legitimate power to admit new states and extend or attract territorial boundaries. This is quite clear in Article 4. This has absolutely
0: nothing whatsoever to do with the right to leave.
2: Yeah, are we trying to admit a new state? Yeah. No. It, it, <laughs> are we trying to change the territorial
0: boundaries? No. We're talking about state secession. The state mm-hmm. was its own nation before joining... And it will be able to leave. We're not asking them to retract their territory. <laughs> Territories are not states.
1: Yeah, and allowing somebody to do something is, is so it's different. It's not the same thing as like requiring them to do something. Um they can allow a state or a territory to enter, but it, you know, mandating it, you know, or forcing them to is it
4: is a totally different matter. Section three of our state constitution, our state has never within its constitution and never has a federal government suggested that states can decide that they can leave or to join the government unless the federal government allows so. Uh,
0: the government didn't suggest that because it wasn't written into the constitution about secession, which means that it's not included in the constitution, which means that it's a right reserved to the states under Article Or under Amendment 10 of the U.S. Constitution.
1: I'm still amazed by this argument because, at least for New Hampshire, and I believe some other states as well... It predates the U.S. Constitution, the and Hampshire we still have the does, New Hampshire yeah. Constitution. Yeah. So it, if it authorized it, then clearly it can take it away as well. And the New Hampshire
0: Constitution also has provisions like the right to revolution, which very clearly right. re- reserve the right to say, you know what, we can take down any government that we want to if we don't think it's working and any, anymore. And
1: doesn't even the United States uh, Constitution also include something of that provision I don't think as well? No. I, I thought it The closest it,
2: did. it comes is the Second Amendment, which implies well, the right to bear arms. Right to Isn't re- that...
1: Isn't that also, the whole implication of that is, is, I mean, isn't that what they're always arguing when they're arguing against gun rights? Is that the the whole point of that was for a militia in order to... Yeah, but that's not explicit as to what the point of that is.
0: Okay, fair enough. But the, the point is, because the U.S. Constitution doesn't say anything about secession, it therefore is not prohibiting it.
1: Right, and, there is it, an and that is in the Constitution itself, the, where it says, uh, you know, anything that's not uh, reserved is is, is delegated to the, the, the state uh, or the people. It's the
2: Tenth Amendment. Yeah. Amendment. All that you're powers talking about. not explicit not uh, delegated to the um, to the federal government are reserved to the states or the people thereof.
0: Correct. So, of course, the federal government has the power to to admit. Right, you can't just join a club without permission. Right? <laughs> right, so of course they have a process to admit someone into the or in a territory or whatever into the union. But there's no process for leaving because it's on the state. The state gets to decide. Right. The state doesn't have to ask permission. Why would the people who just had an issue leaving a government, which I'm talking about the UK, the Prince or King George, why would the people who had that issue
1: not? leave a door open for the people who want to leave their new and, union. And the whole, it doesn't make any sense. And, and the whole process for the United States or forming the United States was ratification by the, by the uh, colonies in the first place. And the so it's like, obviously, yeah. the colonies or the what became the states had the power to do it. And so if they had the power to do it, they can obviously
2: undo it. And if you read the articles of Confederation, the first words in it say, this is a perpetual union. Those words were not carried over to the Constitution. You know, well, if they'd wanted to make it a perpetual union, they could have done so. But well, and even if they it was, chose
1: not to, even if it does, even if they did say perpetual union, the union doesn't go away That's if right. New Hampshire leaves. That's correct. So because we still and, have it. and remember we have added states, right? We've added territory. So obviously, if we can add territory, it didn't, if it changed the union, we can change the union in the other direction as well.
0: Indeed. The number here is 603-283-6160. But the difference is we don't have to ask permission to leave. We just
2: say we're going. Just say no, baby. Just say no.
0: We're out. There's more coming up here from this arch-statist on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. The phones are open. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. 603-283-6160. Joining you in the studio tonight is Ian, nobody, and Chris. And you can join us online anytime over at freetalklive.com. We have a social media site, and we run the thing. It's on our server. That means Twitter and Facebook. They don't apply. They're not involved. They're not connected. And you can go and get connected to our social media server, which is running Mastodon, an open-source, self-hosted, federated system, which is very, very cool, and it works great, social.freetalklive.com. There are apps for whatever your favorite operating system is, Windows, Linux, uh, Android, iOS, and there's a bunch of them, too. So there's more than one app, which is the coolest thing, because you can try like three or four different ones or more and see whichever one is your favorite.
1: Use that one. Yeah, and it works with other systems. So even if, you, if you've if you got Mastodon already, uh, you know maybe you're not on our social uh, media instance that's okay you can still sub- you can still subscribe to uh, you our feed. Yeah, you can follow yeah you can follow people on our feed
0: very cool check it out at social.freetalklive.com we go back to your phone calls and thoughts and then more from the floor of the state house with the uh the very first time ever that the uh, constitutional amendment for allowing the people to vote on secession peaceful secession was heard on the floor of the state house will continue with the arch status pro union Pro empire speech here in just a moment, but uh, bad slave is up first.
7: Yeah, I I, I just think it's very interesting that, um, in fact, you know, Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln,
2: decided oh, Lincoln.
7: basically on his own to to vilify. Uh, the southern states and to basically turn them into rubble
0: mm-hmm.
7: and you know if, if that's a possibility with uh, the central government we're dealing with why would anyone want to continue a relationship with that well, there's plenty of battered uh,
0: people who believe that, you know, they can change their man or whatever, right? So there's all kinds of excuses to stay with an abuser.
2: Despite all the battered yeah, women well, out I, there, I still like mine playing.
8: <laughs> <laughs> well, the,
7: uh, the the thing is, is that, you know, I, I, there, there, uh, it, it's I, I, there, there seems to have been very little – Argument over the whole might makes right uh, arrangement that uh, that that had the uh, you know what they call the civil war a, a, a positive thing. I I you know I, you know might when, makes uh, right when
2: leaves we, little need uh, or room we, for argument.
7: Right, we, we you know when we have uh uh North Korea and Cuba and and the Soviet Union when they, that existed and any other you know nasty communist dictatorships you know, they don't let their people leave and and uh you know I the idea that 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 the United States would would you know put us into a you know, a war. What are you, you, know, what are you going to do? Just uh, go in and take out as as badly as they did uh, the South. Yeah, uh, I
0: don't know. It's a it's a good question. I don't think that they would personally, because again, there would be you know, presuming this thing passes with seventy percent, which is you know, it would have to pass with at least sixty seven percent. That still leaves thirty percent of the state that are loyalists. Thirty percent of the the state would be empire supporters, and right. then they, are they going to bomb their own people? Thank you for the call
1: tonight. Mm-hmm. Appreciate yeah, it. You know, well,
2: hopefully they would be they would evacuate, or many of them would evacuate and be replaced by liberty lovers. That'd be nice. You know, yeah.
1: and, and here is the other thing uh, about what Jussie said. Um, you know, ultimately, even if it was uh, it was socially acceptable to beat your wife, you know, during the Civil War, it's not okay today. So. We shouldn't be uh, against the idea of states leaving today, even if people were against the states leaving, you know, yesterday. Yeah, and that's part of the point of this
0: whole discussion. That's part of the reason why this bill was brought up, to get people talking about it, to get the issue out there, to get some news coverage, to get... talk radio uh, discussing the issue of independence because the idea of a national divorce has been on a lot of people's minds and a lot of people's lips in recent uh, the last couple of years it's been trending on social media and it's something that needs to be talked about needs to be taken seriously and so this is one of the steps in that process
2: and a lot of people you wouldn't expect have talked about it bill maher Yeah, Uh, for example, some Hollywood
0: uh, stars even have been supporting it. Uh, Matt Santonist mentioned Sarah Silverman. Uh, People on the left like Ron Perlman. Apparently, these are people who are supporting Mm -hmm. the idea of national
2: divorce. Yeah. And it and it makes sense that it would be uh, it makes sense across party lines, because if you think that the U.S. is more is too too conservative, then it makes sense. To want the conservatives to leave or to want to leave yourself right. so that, you know, your state is more more aligned with you.
0: We continue here with Brody Deshays, the state rep who is, in this case, repping the empire.
4: We go on. Right. There is no process for leaving this union. Right. The union.
0: We don't need a process because they didn't specify one. <laughs> There, there is no process. That's part of the good. That's actually good news. The fact that they didn't put a process in means we don't have to go and ask for permission to leave. Well, we can
1: just say it's over. I mean, and, we just
2: and, marched in. We can just march out. And,
1: yeah. and here's the thing, too. Right. There was a pro- if there was some sort of there was, I guess, some sort of process to create the union. Then mm-hmm. why can't we do the same process in reverse? Well, again, we don't need to ask their permission. There doesn't need to be a vote in I Congress. I agree. We we don't. Uh, but I'm just saying, like, obviously, New Hampshire was part of the process to create the union, so the New Hampshire can be part of the process to remove itself from the union.
0: Yeah, and, and that process is, do we want to go?
4: Right. Yes, we want to go. <laughs> right. Goodbye. As mentioned in Texas versus White, 1869, just Chief Justice Salmon P. Chase... Chief
0: Justice Salmon P. Chase was appointed by... Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. I
2: I wonder if he also voted on the uh, Dred Scott decision. mm, Good question. uh, That said, slavery was constitutional.
0: Um, In this, in the the case he's bringing up, this is the favorite case that the status, the Union people, love to bring up, is this Texas v. White. And there's an interesting article that I found over at one of the Texas uh, secession groups. I posted it on the NH Exit. Forum over at forum.shiresociety.com uh, because it again it does always uh, get brought up. But in short, the decision that they made in this case doesn't actually cite any constitutional basis for the decision, uh, and they can't cite anything because, as we've pointed out, there's nothing in the U.S. Constitution that addresses being able to leave the Union. And as the article at uh, TexasSecede.com points out. Quote, it's also noteworthy that two years after the court decision, President Grant signed an act entitling Texas to U.S. congressional representation, readmitting Texas to the union. So Mm -hmm. why would he have to readmit Texas to the union if indeed there was no way for them to leave in the first place, so you've got two very Ooh. contradictory actions here on the part of the U.S. federal yeah, government.
1: There, there was, um, there was uh, acts of Congress during the Civil War that were unconstitutional, um, and the Supreme Court, if I recall correctly, kind of just uh, you know they kind of they kind of just they didn't care, right? And they were like, well, we're going to allow you know this clearly unconstitutional you know behavior because the whole thing was a you know violent you know a violent war effectively and, and, and war isn't about you know doing a procedure it's about using violence to achieve your objective although uh, they, not, not they law.
2: did trouble themselves uh, after the fact not when it would do any good but they did trouble themselves to uh, make it clear that Lincoln's actions were definitely unconstitutional Uh, His actions specifically in suspending habeas corpus on his own authority without consulting Congress.
0: And interestingly, the Texas versus white case came up because the government of Texas at the time uh, went to the U.S. government and said, uh, let's see, it was about bonds. So is it the uh, Texas... the wanted
2: to enter into bondage?
0: No, like the money kind of bonds. Uh, US bonds owned by Texas since 1850 had been illegally sold by the Confederate state. Uh, legislature during the American Civil War. The state filed suit directly with the U.S. Supreme Court, which under the U.S. Constitution retained original jurisdiction on certain cases in which a state is a party. So after they seceded, they brought a case to the U.S. Supreme Court. Why did they – I mean, what a, what a key error to go to the U.S. Supreme Court and ask them for any kind of favor, ask them for any kind of – Judgment
1: at well, all. I, I, you have to remember, though, that they effectively put into power the, the North, uh, the people in the South after the Civil War. So it's it's a it's a it's different public, yeah, it's public government. All right, there's more coming up here in moments. You can join us.
0: This is Free Talk Live.
2: Free Talk Live.
0: live, kicking off the third hour here, and you can join us. Phones are open as always. 603-283-6160 is the number for you. That's 603-283-6160. Tonight it's Ian. Nobody. And Chris. We're gonna continue with more from the State House floor. Yesterday, the historic bill, a constitutional amendment, proposal of uh, CACR thirty-two was heard in front of the full state house for the first time. Uh, yeah, that's right, and it won't be the last time. Nope. Uh, whether the wording will change next time, I don't know. I like the wording personally that they went with this time around, as you said, Chris it was very simple, very easy to understand. You know, there,
1: there's one thing I, I think might be worth changing for next time around, and that's to remove the word peaceful. Ooh, it, why? It, it's not because we don't want peace. I think it's just, uh, it's, it's. I don't know. I think, it, I think it's kind of to send a message. You know, we, I think we're peaceful tr- sends a message. Absolutely. And we want to keep it. Mm-hmm. Um but I think the point of removing it is to say this can change. It's not that we're advocating well, violence. No, if they
0: if they want to change it, then they're the ones who are gonna change it. We're we're going to be peaceful. We're not seated. the ones advocating violence here. here right? I understand so, that. But if you don't have that word in there, I think people can jump to a conclusion.
2: People, and if it's in people there, it's are clear.
1: already jumping to conclusion whether the word's in there or mm-hmm. not.
2: I, I like having it having it in yeah. there. Um, I you think, know, you, there's no reason I do, for us. I do too. Not to be peaceful if we're attacked. I do too. Afterwards, then that's another matter. I do right? too, but I think it's kind of like the the porcupine
1: um, in that. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're peaceful until you're attacked, right? Okay. So, and it kind of sends that message of well, this is all about
0: you know, like you're saying, sending a message. Yep. You want to send a message that this is intended to be a peaceful movement. So I, I hope that, that uh, if that proposal gets gets made for the next one, that it gets shot down. Uh, but the number here, if you want to join us, 603-283-6160, and that's where Major Payne is calling from Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live.
9: Yep, yep. You're peaceful till you're attacked. Just yes, like sir. going on in Ukraine and just like went on in America here a couple hundred years ago. Um, there was only 3% well actually the, the
2: south fired the first shots in the no, civil no, war and the that they shelled the fort sumter
9: oh the yeah revolution not the civil war dude
2: okay you're yeah, right you're right
9: a, yeah there was only 3% of the population that uh, supported the war i mean granted we were fighting a dragon on the other side of the puddle and now the dragons in our own backyard so it's probably going to take 10 15% of us to rise to uh, make it even feasible,
2: we but, exchanged uh, uh, one tyrant three thousand miles away for three thousand tyrants one mile away.
9: Yes, yes, that was written in the book. Um, and as far as the uh, the the unfettered insane court, um, they they handle one percent of the cases they're presented. I mean, this is like the the three monkeys. You know, hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. They they don't want to take on anything that is any kind of challenging, and it's it's a it's 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 oh God I can't even think of a proper ba for it. You're talking about
2: the Supreme Court. But
9: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: No, the traditional um, humbug ba is always good. Ba humbug. Wh- yeah, yeah, to well, me, the Supreme
0: Court easy. decision, uh, Texas versus White, which Brody Deshays, the, uh, the status that we're playing audio from from the floor of the State House, uh, brings up is completely irrelevant because it's just a court opinion. And there's a million opinions when it comes to law. And the Supreme Court has reversed itself plenty of times. And we're not planning <laughs> to ask the Supreme Court for permission uh, to go. It's not in the Constitution that they have the right to control uh, secession. And so we just get to declare that we're leaving, and then we go and we act like we're gone. And that's all that it takes.
9: Yeah, I like the little point that you brought up during the Grant administration where they had to reseed sec- um Texas after they had seceded.
0: Yeah, very uh, interesting indeed. Thank you, Major. We were Major. adopted
9: twice. How, how, many, how many names do I have now? Um, but my original point I called in on... Was uh, the gas prices? Yeah, and the uh, the uh, oh, what did they call us? Un, un- unreplaceable workers. Um, what was the word? Essential. 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 Yes, yes. I was an essential worker the whole time, and I go to the gas station and I go to the dollar store, and you know these girls are making seven eight bucks an hour, mm-hmm. and the nurses that are exposed to this, I mean, they're making three four times that, but. By God, we've all been in the battlefield. I've, I've already kicked this thing's butt twice. I mean, th- this thing that we can't develop herd immunity is ridiculous.
0: Thank you, Major, for the call tonight. Appreciate it. The number is 603-283-6160. Back to the floor. Of
2: the... the gas prices would be so easy to solve. All you have to do is let American companies start drilling again.
0: Yep, absolutely. Deregulate the business. Yep. Uh, we continue here more with Brody Deshays, the pro empire state representative, speaking on the floor of the state house yesterday during the hearing prior to the vote on the constitutional amendment to allow the people to decide, which was killed three hundred twenty-three to thirteen.
4: Explained in his majority decision, a nine-zero decision, a New Hampshire native, in fact, Sam and Pete Chase was, <laughs> but um, that that. He explained that the Union began during the Revolutionary War amongst the colonies. In his decision, he writes, quote, We confirmed and strengthened and received definite form and character and sanction from the Articles of Confederation. And by these, the Union was solemnly declared to be perpetual, right? The Articles of Confederation of Perpetual Union. That's the name of the...
2: We're not under the Articles of Confederation. Yep, they were... It was never authorized, but they were dissolved when the Constitution...
4: Was written. Entire document. Our country was founded originally by that document. But that's all that p Ch- Sam and P. Chase could rely on mm-hmm. in his decision was what this old
0: document said,
2: not the current one. And interestingly enough, that supposedly peaceful or that supposedly perpetual union ended yeah. when <laughs> a few years the, later, uh, yeah, it
4: did, did when it.
2: the uh, Articles of Confederation were
4: rescinded. Yep. We then, Chief Justice Chase then explains that the current constitution was ordained to form a more perfect union, and I quote, which extended to convey the idea of indissoluble unity. Therefore, the union can never...
0: Which was never said anywhere in the, in the constitution nope. at any point. <laughs> you
4: know, it's, it's actually interesting the choice
1: of words there is it's the same words that uh, Europe is using now uh, with uh, the European Union. No oh, Brexit left. They did, but uh, they're they're talking about unity as as far as Europe and Ukraine is concerned, and I, I think it's quite interesting. Brexit. When
2: somebody, when a politician talks about unity, it generally means he plans to sacrifice you to his god.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's what this really sounds like. I mean, this decision from Sam and Chase and uh, Brody reading it—it it absolutely sounds like a religious text. Yeah. You know, oh, we're, uh, we're just the way they talk, the way they do everything. It's a really
4: bizarre religion. We kind of talked about that yesterday. Be dissolved. Anyone who thinks and purports that they can dissolve the union single-handedly is wrong. That's not what we're purporting. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. there's no diss- there's no dissolution of the union if a state leaves the union. uh changes maybe, but it doesn't it doesn't disappear.
2: We don't want to end the club. We just want to nope. leave. But it.
1: New Hampshire is not declaring war on the United States. It's New Hampshire's not trying to take nope. over the United States. Y'all can have the union,
0: right? <laughs> Please, you can have all the union you want if you love the United States. Stick with it. They're gonna tax you all the way till you
2: die. And you can have this guy too. Yeah, absolutely. we we'll, we'll oh. to deport him <laughs> if we do...
4: Uh,
1: I thought you were talking about Ian for a second. No, <laughs> like, no, oh, no, no, they can't have Ian. <laughs> no, no, Ian, Ian doesn't get to... No, they don't get to kidnap Ian.
4: Right. Let's also discuss the idea that this is a referendum. This is no mere referendum. New Hampshire has no referendum. We have no state statute, nothing in our state constitution that suggests that we have a referendum. Right? We have a constitutional process for amending the constitution. I look at it this way. This is a race, right? If you run a 5K, you go each kilometer, right? Kilometer one was the committee, which, by the way, rejected this 21 to nothing, recognizing it was unconstitutional and un-American, right? Step two is we go to the House floor. What could be more American than independence?
1: Yeah,
2: that's- What could be more un-American than the the American government? And and you know,
1: it's interesting thing about the committee, because uh, some of the reps on the committee who were speaking on it didn't actually say- that they actually, some of them actually said that were voted against it. They agreed, they agreed with it. It's just that they weren't ready for it or something to that effect. So, well, there's a bunch of political cowards. In I mean, the yeah. state legislature. So.
0: Uh, the number here, if you want to join the show, 603-283-6160. two eight three sixty one sixty. We'll continue with more of this statist, unionist, pro government, pro federal. Cool. Pro-slavery. pro slavery. yeah, pro slavery. Brody Deshays here from the floor of the New Hampshire State House, and your calls and thoughts are also welcome here on Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You can join in here. The number for you is 603-283-6160. 603 603- Ian, nobody, and Chris in the studio here tonight. You can join us online over at freetalklive.com. We've got RSS feeds that you can copy and put into your favorite podcast client. And then you will be subscribed to receive every episode of Free Talk Live that comes out. As they are released, all you have to do to get those uh, those URLs is go to our feeds page at feeds.freetalklive.com. That's feeds.freetalklive.com, and there are different choices there. There's the full uh, subscription, which has our full shows and the digest. There's digest only and full shows only. Head over to feeds.freetalklive.com as we go back to the floor of the New Hampshire State House yesterday morning uh i guess it was actually yesterday afternoon but it didn't take as long to get to it as i thought it would they had like two dozen bills to go through prior to getting to cacr 32 the new hampshire independence constitutional amendment and they moved through them actually relatively quickly i was kind of surprised but they did break for lunch before they finally had the hearing on the floor of the state house this historic hearing where the advocates for the centralized federal government gang got out and pulled out all their nationalism and all the all the threats of what could happen
2: if New Hampshire were to de- declare its independence they want to make sure that we get our fair share of the 29 trillion dollar federal debt
0: yes and <laughs> growing i think it didn't it cross 30 recently i feel like it did anyway we're going to go back to uh, Brody Deshays. This is the guy who is defending the
4: United States nation state. Here we and go. And we vote on it, right? Every step along the way that you continue to complete this 5K is aiding and abetting and making this policy come to fruition, right? By bringing this to the people, we are aiding and abetting in the process of undermining the U.S. Constitution and violating our oaths of office.
0: Oh, okay, okay, that's an interesting oh. argument. I had not yet heard from this side of yeah. things. I,
2: I wonder if he's saying that that it that it's uh, treason because it is treason to uh, to aid and abet the enemies of the uh, of of the of the United States. To does the United States regard the people of the United States as, the as enemy? its
1: enemy? I mean, what? How does it undermine the Constitution? I'm trying to understand this because the Constitution doesn't. It It makes the Constitution stronger because
2: then you don't have to uh, you don't have to get rid of the federal government. Yeah, I don't know.
1: The Constitution doesn't say the U.S. Constitution doesn't say you can't leave as we were pointing out. I'm not really sure how this undermines the U.S. Constitution. It's pure fear mongering. Um, He's just pandering to the
0: love of the Constitution. Oh, you wouldn't want to break that down now, would you?
2: But yeah, it's the, <laughs> what he forgets is that that love of the Constitution is based on its promise to protect us from all of the things that the federal government is already doing
4: now. <laughs> yeah. Right, and I could go on regarding the 14th Amendment and a myriad of, you know, this open question of what is rebellion, which is not defined in the U.S. Constitution, which quite frankly... After-
0: but it's defined in plenty of places. I mean, you can easily look up rebellion, and it always has to do with Arming yourself and I mean, using violence yeah, against it's, the state, and it's interesting mm. because
1: in 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 legal land, right? It's you're supposed to use the plain language of the uh, plain what they it's plain language is what you're supposed to do, and basically what that just means is it's the common understanding of it, right? It's unless it's a dictionary it's definition, yeah. Uh, well, right, then, then it's a, the word and, is and, not that's, defined
2: in the law, then right. They use the and, dictionary <laughs> right. definition, right?
1: And that's just what that was exactly what I was about to say is yeah. if it's not defined in the law itself, and because it's not defined, rebellion is effectively what is in the dictionary and that is armed violence
2: exactly against the state can we look up what the word rebellion is in sure. the dictionary yeah
0: i've looked it up before i've actually looked it up in a law dictionary as well as just the regular dictionary and basically the the, the definitions are the same yeah it, it wouldn't uh, matter anyway but yeah i'll pull it up for you here rebellion is the act of armed resistance to establish government or leader yeah mm-hmm. has to be armed has to be violent yep
4: uh, we go on after this vote and now that it's roll called there is a question of what do we do, and how do we enforce the 14th Amendment, which we took an oath to the Constitution of? And That's I hope. The federal government's job, not yours. <laughs> I hope that we don't have to be answering that question on the House floor in the future. I hope that everyone says no to this constitutional amendment, because I would prefer not to see the partisan politics of trying to remove members of this House for arguably maybe violating their constitutional oath.
1: This guy doesn't even understand how the system works in the first place. I mean, just the fact that you know he he thinks that it's going to come before the you know house, you know the, the New Hampshire presumably talking about the New Hampshire House, um, and that's
2: not how that works.
0: I would love to see them try to remove any of the thirteen people who voted in favor of it, uh, this amendment. Yeah, if it,
2: voting for something unconstitutional was enough to get you removed from office. We wouldn't have a Congress, a Senate, <laughs> or a president.
1: Yeah, I that's mean, good
2: point. It's or there, most of the state reps, for that matter.
1: There Ooh. is... I mean, I guess there is, in some respects, like, you know, cops can enforce federal law, uh, you know, but it's... Not the local boys. It, it, it depends... Well, it well, and this is the point that I'm trying to make, right? It depends, right? If the state allows it, right... Uh, local or state cops can enforce federal law but that's not necessarily um, that's not necessarily the case as in the case with weed and marijuana laws those are not often in states that have legalized it they are local police and state police are not allowed to enforce federal marijuana law in most cases they're not allowed to
0: enforce federal law they could turn over a case to the feds they could turn over some evidence mm-hmm. as I understand it but unless they're like unless they've been sworn in or something by the federal government and, and they hold two cards i don't i don't think you yeah. you see that happening i've and,
2: never heard of somebody being elected by the or being arrested by the Local yokels purely for uh, generating or violating a federal law. I
0: mean, in your case, you were arrested by local cops back in 2012 or 2011 for selling cannabis. And the feds were directly involved in that Mm -hmm. investigation, Mm -hmm. but you still weren't charged federally. No, I was
2: charged under the state law.
0: So I don't know if that's the, that's the case at all. That, there, that's there my
1: understanding, and maybe I am just, uh, I, maybe I am actually misunderstanding yeah. something. But there I was are under- some
0: officers who work with the Feds. So, like in the Chris Cantwell case, uh, right. there was a Manchester PD officer who was sort
1: of like the federal yeah. fbi I mean, liaison my like i said my understanding is it, you can be arrested by like a state officer for breaking federal law but usually that's not what happens you usually get charged with s- some sort of state yeah. equivalent i mean um, technically but,
2: you can make a citizen's arrest so i guess they could but.
0: i'd be interested in seeing an
2: example of it cuz i've never I've
4: yeah never come i'm not a lawyer it. obviously here so <laughs> i don't know with is, certainty uh, but with brody I, it's deeply concerning to me and so I hope that we can reject this. I hope we can stick with constitutional government. I hope that we can uphold the U.S. Constitution. I hope we can continue to uphold the Doesn't New Hampshire. We can
2: stick with unconstitutional government? Because, because that's what we nothing have. the feds are doing is constitutional.
4: State Constitution. We should support the union today, the union tomorrow. In the union forever.
0: Because he wants to be in the union. He wants to be president, right? This guy <laughs> definitely has his designs, his eyes on higher office. Oh yeah. There's
2: forty nine states he could move to if we yeah. seceded Thank you. All
4: right. Does so remember yield the questions? Yes.
0: Member Yields. I don't know if he got any questions. Senator an Klein Knight, may in inquire. Okay, I guess he did get one question here from a Democrat. Thank
9: you so much, Representative, for taking my question. Um, has Have any of your colleagues decided on who's going to run for president of New Hampshire?
2: Is that supposed to be funny? Nobody will. <laughs> <laughs> because nobody should be the president of New Hampshire. <laughs> That's a weird question does for she, somebody who's ta- speaking against it.
0: Does she even know that New Hampshire had a president? Prior to joining the union, New Hampshire had a president. (laughs) They changed the constitution to change the word from president to governor after New Hampshire joined the union. So we'll just be going back to that. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live, and the number, if you want to join the show, it's 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio here tonight, you've got Ian, nobody, and Chris. And again, uh, you can bring up anything that's on your mind. We've been talking about New Hampshire independence here as the uh, yesterday, this full state house finally heard CACR 32, the bill that would, had it been passed by the House and the Senate with over 60% voting for it, uh, would have been put on the ballot. And would have allowed the people of New Hampshire to vote on the question of declaring peaceable independence from the United States. Sadly, 323 of the 336 people that were in attendance out of the 400 possible said, nope, we're not going to let the people vote on that. No, we're the gatekeepers. We get to decide these things and we don't we don't trust the people. To make decisions about their own political futures. I mean, they stood
1: up against democracy. They did under the uh, uh, they stood up against the idea of democracy. Um, mm-hmm. If you don't think the people are wise enough to vote, whether or not they want to be part of you know the United States or not. What makes them, you know, intelligent enough to vote for you in the first place? Great question. Well,
2: apparently, they were stupid enough to vote for them. Or so. maybe that's, yeah. Just, yeah maybe, I mean, maybe that's maybe what they were right. saying:
1: is these people are stupid <laughs> enough to vote for me. Uh, yeah. I, I can't trust. Uh, <laughs> trust uh, they will.
2: Uh, yeah.
0: So uh, after a, I don't know how long his speech was, more than five minutes speech of why people should be so afraid and continue to support the federal government gang and keep the union together, et cetera, et cetera, uh, with uh, Brody Deshays, the the tool of the state, he's finally sat down. And Mike Sylvia, the hero, the the sponsor of the legislation, longtime supporter of Free Talk Live, by the way, longtime Uh, listener and supporter here love mike sylvia he's a really great guy he rocks he's also by the way a plus rated uh liberty rep in the new hampshire liberty alliance he is such a principled state representative he gets a pluses i believe every time i've ever looked at the ratings he's a multi-term rep i think he's on his fifth term right now so he spent most of the last decade uh, in the state house very experienced And he won, actually, the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance Liberty Legislator of the Year Award at least one time, uh, as well as Mark Warden, who's another great Liberty rep, who, by the way, Mark Warden was one of the 13 who voted
2: for, uh, for this. Gotta like it. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta give him a thank you for your service next time I, I see you. I'm so him.
1: glad I used to, when I when I moved to New Hampshire, I used him as my realtor. I'm so glad I did. Yeah. The guy is awesome. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Mark Warden, I believe, is a
0: two-time winner of the Liberty Rep of the Year award, and Mike Sylvia at least a one-time winner. So in the 13 people that voted for this, there's two of the top, top best. Uh, most principled liberty reps, that should tell you something. This is good pro-liberty legislation and shame on those uh so-called liberty leps uh liberty reps who did not support their their fellow reps in this particular vote. They were too afraid of what the voters would
2: think. Although to be honest, I'm more interested in targeting the worst representatives in the house than the worst of the best. So I you know You know, there's a lot of F rated yeah. um reps yeah. in the house. Yeah, but that you need only to get to target where you live. Guys go. Y-
0: you only get to target where you live. If we've got somebody who supports independence and supports liberty and they're willing to primary one of these uh, not so liberty reps, I'd
1: say they should go for it. Oh, Why shouldn't they have to fight a primary you're, battle? You're absolutely right about that, Ian. I just don't know. I, I think what I think what I think what you're saying uh, is Nobody is that. If if we're gonna be focusing like actual resources on it, like if we're gonna yeah. go out and uh, oh, spend I don't time spending resources on politics, what a waste!
0: of Oh, money. I know you don't. Yeah. I know you don't.
1: But if if we were, then uh, it would probably be better off, you know, attacking other people or, or going after and putting up other people sure. to run against the. But people if who you live in the, if you I live do in
2: recommend the... r- devoting. Uh, Resources to running, and I have devoted resources to running in my time, my energy. I didn't have any money.
1: I I think, I think you're, uh, I think you're, I think, I think Ian's more talking about money because even he is. Devoted some amount of effort yeah, to, no, to I've running gone to for office debates and,
0: things. and things like yeah. that. That that makes sense where you can make a personal appearance and it costs you you know less than a tank right. of gas. Now
1: you're you're you do it for different reasons. It's to get the message out there. About well, that's because we
0: live in Keene. You yeah. can't do you can't win an election as a Republican in Keene. You have to be right. a Democrat. And we can't sneak into the Democrats because they know who well, we not, all are. Not us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, definitely not uh, us. You know, we're in the least politically feasible area of New Hampshire.
2: Actually, if I run for governor this year, I. I will probably run as a democrat that's what i'd recommend
0: um because you you have no chance of getting any attention as we learned last time against Sununu and he's running again oh uh, he is running that's, again. yeah he was going to go for u.s senate but then he changed his mind because the polls weren't looking so good during covid uh mm. for him and now he's decided he just wants to run again for governor unless he changes his mind at the last minute again which
2: certainly is well, possible if the polls weren't looking good maybe he'll like the ukrainians better
0: but the uh, the other thing about the Democrats is the guy who ran against Sununu last time has left the state. He's gone. Really? Interesting. Yeah. He, he got moved beaten to,
2: that badly. He moved to Idaho uh,
0: or something like that. So why, he's gone.
2: Why would a Democrat move to Idaho? I don't know. Good God. But he's not here anymore. So it's hmm. a wide open field. It's like field. a libertarian moving to New York or California.
0: So I agree with you, Nobody. I think that would be the best bet because it's a wide open field on the Democrats' side. So you actually might get some attention from the the media. All right, so Mike Sylvia takes the floor, takes the mic for what's called a parliamentary inquiry, which is this bizarre thing where you have to ask a question. So they have these little things they say to make it sound like a question, but it's really just statements. So he has to say (laughs) things in a very certain way. It's a very strange religion, this state. Going on here, here's what he said.
10: Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, if I know that New Hampshire did not delegate to the United States a power to prevent peaceful separation and that the Tenth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution recognizes the powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution nor prohibited by it to the states are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. Mr. Speaker, if I know that rebellion and insurrection are violent actions that stand in sharp contrast to the deliberative, thoughtful, and cordial process brought by sponsors and supporters of this amendment. And Mr. Speaker, if I know no member of this body should be threatened with retribution for their vote here today. And we should all take to heart the words of Article 30 of our Constitution. The freedom of deliberation, speech, and debate in either house of this legislature is so essential to the rights of the people that it cannot be the foundation of any action, complaint, Prosecution in any other court or place whatsoever.
0: Translation: They should be free to say anything they want to while they're in that chamber, and they cannot be prosecuted. Yeah, for it. it. it's, it's in not the like they're on Twitter. It, it's in the Constitution of New Hampshire.
1: Yeah, Deschey was, uh, you know, effectively um, suggesting, you know, violence against those who would vote treason. for treason. Yes, vote for uh, this this constitutional amendment.
10: And, Mr. Speaker, finally, if I know that this amendment reinforces Article 7 of our Constitution, which declared New Hampshire to be forever a free, sovereign, and independent state. Then, Mr. Speaker, would I press the red button to stop the abuse of distant, illegitimate powers? Thank you, Mr. Speaker.
0: Bravo. Mm-hmm. A, an amazing speech in the last minutes prior to the actual vote taking place uh was so well so well spoken Uh, kudos to mike sylvia for this.
1: yeah you know it's it's interesting there was i think these speeches were great i think they 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 turned out uh you know better you know better i didn't even know there was there were going to be speeches to be honest i mean i know i guess i i kind of figured there would be i guess but like There wouldn't have been if the motion to table had succeeded. Right, right, exactly, exactly. No discussion. Exactly. It's but um yeah. I mean, I think I think there's things that can be done a little bit better next time around. I think maybe focusing more on uh, you know what it's going to mean for the people if we become independent, um, and less on defending. Uh, you know, the legis- or the um, constitutional amendment next time around. But other than that, I think this was amazing, these speeches. 603 You can go
0: to nhexit.us. You can find the video there. I think it'll be up a little bit later, but right now it's on the Free Keen Odyssey.
6: Yeah!
0: It's Free Talk Live. You can join us here. The number six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. You can. Go on to our website, enjoy various different features, including archives that go back for years over at freetalklive.com. We've got our Odyssey channel where we're streaming live every night over at video.freetalklive.com. Please give us a follow on Odyssey, which uh, Odyssey just keeps getting better and better. Apparently now RT has been banned from YouTube maybe entirely.
2: I don't yes, know if it you guys has. heard about that. And I can't get through to the uh, Russia Today website either. Oh, really? Yeah, I tried hitting that and I hit a Cloudflare uh, uh, DDoS wall. So I don't know if Russia engaged. Uh, they've engaged Cloudflare, a DDoS checker. Yeah. Um, yeah. In which case it's not working right because it I was just keeping got through right out. now. Okay. Yeah, it's I, mean, I mean, the thing I is. I got through to the front page from a search engine. Uh, when I tried that, but every time I clicked on uh, on an article to read it, I got thrown out. Were you on a VPN? I was not. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, Russia Russia today is being DDoSed. It's an, it's an sure. attack. So they they put themselves behind uh, Cloudflare and Cloudflare. Sometimes cl- things with Cloudflare don't work perfectly, um, but they prevent. Uh, the idea is that it's going to prevent the site from becoming coming unaccessible um, when such attacks are being performed. So,
0: Well, and apparently not only, according to RT.com, not only is YouTube uh, going to, or it has banned RT, it's also going to demonetize Russian users. So once again, punishing not just the government, but the people the innocent people of russia who do not necessarily support what their government's actions are continues from these various different us corporations some
1: you know some of the interesting parts about that are i wonder how much of that is youtube and how much of that is the banks because the banks if you can't do a payment to a russian bank how does YouTube actually like uh, actually pay those people? Well, in Russia, what right? I would do crypto. if I was
2: doing business in in Russia and crypto was not available for some reason is I would keep that whatever their balance was. I would keep a record of it, and if and when. I was able to get the transfer to them, I would make that transfer.
0: Let's talk more about these centralized banking, quote-unquote, solutions that are terrible. You've got news about one of them.
2: Yeah, so
1: this is uh, from the New York Times, and the title of the story is, Fraud is Flourishing on Zelle. The banks say it's not their problem. Oh, that's their system. Which, yeah, which is really interesting, given uh, you know they are attacking crypto users Right, (laughs) The government is attacking crypto users and saying, oh, you sold some crypto to somebody else and they were defrauded, therefore it's your problem. Well, hold on. The licensed banks, right, Uh, Mm -hmm. it's not their problem, they're saying. Well,
0: surely they're going to be arrested in moments with the FBI busting in their (laughs) uh, their front door with a bear (laughs) cat. Their licenses are going to be revoked. No, no, that's not going to happen.
2: Well, in theory right i mean it, i think you've forgotten who works for who it's the government I think working you're right. for the bank and <laughs> I, it's not the other I, way around
1: you you're, you're absolutely right yeah. and and this is the double standard that i am trying to point out for you guys yep. here uh zelle you've done it well the payments platform used by millions of customers is a popular target for scammers but banks have been reluctant to make fraud victims whole despite <laughs> owning the system justin franz Lost five hundred dollars to a scammer impersonating a Wells Fargo official in January, and hoped that the bank would reimburse him. Mr. France was a long time doesn't know much about banks. No, right? Was a long time Wells Fargo customer and had immediately reported the scam involving Zelle, the popular money transfer app. So the problem here is that you know. <laughs> it's it, it's up to you if you hand a scaver money dollars right who's who's responsible for that you are you, right? right but if you use a technology all of a sudden somebody else becomes responsible for that well okay I mean, it, on one is... hand
0: uh, look on one hand i agree with the fact that these people you know they made a mistake and usually you got to pay a, a price when you make a mistake I, I get that but not knowing anything about the details of this circumstance i know one thing's for sure about the system that's behind zelle it's the ach transfer system and you can reverse an ach payment the banks can reverse those payments usually easily within 60 days so if this guy did report the fraud right. immediately as he said that he did that account or that money should have still been in the you know the fraudster's account yep and the banks should have been able to lock that account up and pull that money back
1: in. Unless- Which just goes to show, unlike somebody who sells crypto who doesn't have control once it leaves their wallet, the banks actually do. And the banks are not, yeah, and they're not protecting people. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a very, very interesting double standard here. I mean, it is possible that the
0: transfer went through before the banks you know started the gears turning to do anything about it and then the fraudster withdrew the cash from the account and then there was nothing there to to grab a hold of that's a possibility, and, I suppose. And, and
1: this is and this is the thing. This is one of the problems with protecting, you know, giving uh, or mandating in law that people need to be protected by like the financial institutions. It actually those costs th- that has a huge cost associated with it, and those costs get passed on to consumers. So, and I I know about this from uh you know a business perspective because I, I have a company, Think Penguin Incorporated, mm-hmm. and we sell computers. Um, but I know about it from that perspective. But I also understand it from a, a bank. Banking perspective of if, as you point out, Yin, if a uh, bank, um, for example, has money wired in and from from wherever, and that person's whose account it's wired into is being uh defrauded, and then that same person wires money out of that account to some overseas account. Mm-hmm. Well, who pays for that? The bank pays for that, and that means they have to cover those costs, which means they have to get that money from somewhere. And where does where do they get that money from? It comes from all the other customers. Now, on the other hand, if people were responsible for, um, you know, the fraud that they're, mm, I don't want to say they're allowing, but they're they're not, maybe being naive if they if they had mm-hmm. to cover some of that cost. People would be a lot more hesitant to send money to people they don't know.
2: Well, people so, have to call, cover all of that cost now, and they're not more hesitant they, than they are now. Well, it, it's everybody. Everybody who uses a financial institution is covering that cost, as opposed to the people who are. No, no. most of the time the covering banks covering the costs themselves.
0: Most of the time, the banks are not
2: it's,
1: just paying you for the mistakes that you make. No, no, no. What I'm saying is they're passing it on through fees,
2: right? To their, their but they're not. No, they're, they're not. not. They don't refund fraud. The only time that they do is oh, I, I Visa you're and saying. Mastercard. Um, you can so reverse the right. payment through Visa and Mastercard. It, well, that and actually they gets, eat that cost. No no, no, no,
1: no, that's not that's not true. It's the, it's the businesses that eat that cost, not the banks.
2: Well, in they, that case, if but, the business if they can't recover it from the business, though, then then Visa eats that cost.
1: Uh yeah, it, it never that it never works that way. It's always the business that that ends up eating that cost. So they pass it on in terms of uh, higher prices on goods. So. Anyway, but yeah, anyway, the whole point that I'm trying to make here is regardless of if I, I've actually said that correctly, but you're right, uh, these banks definitely generally will not uh, be held to account. The only so-
0: way the bank will hold themselves to account for fraud that has happened under their uh, pur- purview is if the bank was somehow negligent and the bank. Their agents were like involved, or something like that. There's, yeah, there there are rare occasions where the bank will take responsibility for something. Even
2: then, there was a case where somebody made a cash deposit in somebody else's account and then went back and withdrew that money and the the bank was definitely negligent in yep. allowing that to happen. And they did nothing. But they did not refund that money. Yep, sure. Um, the,
1: the banks do potentially have sometimes situations where they can end up with uh, bearing those costs, whether or not they accept those costs or not. Like, for example, if somebody just you know there's a negative balance as a result of fraud and the person who was defrauded effectively walks away from that account never refund or never reimbursing the bank that person might end up on a list uh which makes it difficult for them to yeah. you know get another bank account somewhere else but nonetheless that bank still ends up Right. Uh, bearing those costs now, the problem with the government mandating that the bank or a financial institution bear those costs is that it will end up ultimately coming to the uh, customer, the rest of the customer and it doesn't it doesn't discourage people from making unwise decisions no. when it comes to paying somebody they don't know or putting themselves at Effectively, really, the rest of the customer base of the bank at risk for uh for that fraud that they sort of allowed to occur because they didn't they were not careful and the only person who can be careful is you the consumer um, the bank, beware. the bank is not going to be able to stop a fraud in most instances from occurring
0: no they'll um, ask you one question oh, no, you're not being scammed, are you? you know this person right? If somebody's going in to send a payment to somebody they don't know, and, right. and if they are sending a payment to their African lover, who they've never met, but yet they believe they're going to be married to or something like that, then they're going to lie to the banker. They'll they'll straight up lie to their to their face and say, yep. oh
1: yeah, I know him. Yeah. So uh, Wells Fargo said the transaction wasn't fraudulent because Mr. France had authorized it. <laughs> so... It's, and this is interesting. Um, it's that's what the, And
0: the, what they're saying is it, it was Mr. So-and-so who did it. It wasn't someone else right. who did it. So, therefore, it wasn't fraud from the bank's perspective. Yeah. It's an interesting story. Uh, out of time for tonight. And the, and I guess the, the most important point is those bankers are not going to be criminally charged in any way, shape, or form for the millions of dollars, probably billions of dollars in fraud. Nope. But if are... you sell
1: crypto, you very well might be. <laughs>
0: right. Check out the TheCrypto6.com for more about that. Uh, more tomorrow night. In the meantime, FreeTalkLive.com. Join us there.
8: All right, it's another edition of the Edgington Post Show. I am Mark Edge here for you for Free Talk Live. And one of the ongoing topics on Free Talk Live is the notion of moving to a place for more freedom. Today I have with me Mason Lashina. Mason, did I get that right? You did, yes. Okay, well, let's hope I get it right again in the future. Um, You are with Atlas island.org and this is the, the only the only thing I know about it is Atlas sounds like Atlas shrugs so this is probably an objectivist move here project. Does that sound right? Uh, it sounds about right. I don't
11: know that we'd call ourselves strictly objectivist I think we'd probably more so identify with hardcore libertarian or anarcho-capitalist but yes a lot of us were inspired by Ayn Rand's uh,
8: novel of the same name. Excellent. So where is the island uh, that you want to move? So it's actually not a physical island as of yet. Uh, It's based
11: on the concept called seasteading, which I'm sure some of you are familiar with and some of you are not. The concept of seasteading is essentially that instead of trying to fight for areas on land like the Free State Project or other libertarian movements, we are going to build a new civilization, a new city, so to speak, floating in international waters, where governments currently do not reach, do not extend their taxes and do not extend their jurisdiction. So essentially, the plan is to create a new free
8: civilization on the oceans out of the reach of governments. Uh, Speaking of governments not extending their land beyond uh, 12 miles, did not the king of Thailand uh, send his navy out to blow up a seastead three years ago or so, about 13 miles outside uh, outside of the international border?
11: He did, absolutely, and that was uh, Chad and Nadia, and they were kind of very inspirational within the sea-stunning movement. And, you know, we looked at what they did, and we saw what, what were they successful at, and, and what did they fail at. And, you know, what they definitely succeeded at was being able to demonstrate that you can physically live on the water. It's a doable thing. Yep. Very basic technology allows it to happen. And what they failed at was the political question. As you mentioned, you know, the, you know, the Thai government decided that they were pirates and wanted to commandeer the vessel. And the way we plan plan to address that is instead of declaring sovereignty like they did and flying no flag, we plan to essentially use the same technique as the cruise ship industry or other major boating industries and fly a flag of convenience. So while technically we would be under the jurisdiction of that country, it would prevent us from being viewed as pirates, prevent us from being boarded by other navies, but it would allow us to functionally be essentially independent on the high seas, and at the same time, because there's so many flagging registries that are eager to make the money off of the flagging fees, you can shop jurisdictions against each other and allow uh, yourself to compete these different uh, countries like Bahamas or Liberia against each other to find which one provides the best services at the lowest cost and provides you the most possible
8: freedom. I think that's a good idea. Um, you know, I mean, no one wants to use the governmental systems that exist. But the fact is that these people, um, you know, they have guns and they'll use them. Uh, I, I believe they blew up Chad and Nadia's Seastead. Not with them in it. That's an important distinction. Um, <laughs> if, am I correct on that? Uh, I'm not familiar if they got blown up or not. I know they definitely uh, had to flee, and they they were
11: running um, from the government and at risk of being in prison for life and potentially a death penalty. So there definitely were some severe consequences. I don't know what happened to the actual physical structure, but I know that they're both safe in Panama now, building more of those same types of structures.
8: Yeah, I think that mostly it was a show of force by a rogue captain um that it was less the king of Thailand and more um you know somebody trying to make a name for themselves. Not a lot of exciting goes on for the uh, Thai Navy and so they got themselves some international news and um that sort of thing. I I mean I don't think that it's a uh, the death knell for seasteading or anything like that, but I think it's also it's worth uh, pointing out that Sometimes you gotta work within the system to get to where you wanna go. Um, there are systems for being on something that floats on the water, um, and not being disturbed and disrupted. If you have, if you fly one of these flags, and it's not that much. I mean, you know, uh, places like Liberia, um, and several other African nations basically find that, huh, somebody will send us a check if we let them fly our flag. All right. And it's that simple.
11: Yeah, I, I completely agree with you, and uh, that's where Atlas Island differs from a lot of other sea projects. As much as we are um, strong in our philosophical stance that freedom is paramount and individuals are sovereign, we're not so um, bullheaded that we're willing to risk everything for you know that, that title or that... Um, egotistical stance to be able to declare independence. We are happy if we can get 95 or 98% freedom Um, while still flying the flag of another country and at the same time avoiding all those risks that other seasteading projects are encountering. And that's really how I guess I would uh, I would sum up our project. We're looking for a practical, stepwise approach to achieve freedom within our lifetime and ideally within the next decade. And we think that a stepwise approach to seasteading, starting by living on a vessel in a near shore area, building up a community there, and then eventually transitioning out into international waters and flying a flag of convenience, that's
8: the best way for us to achieve the maximum po- possible freedom in our lifetime. So, um, I, I like what I hear. Uh, one thing disturbs me. And this is something that's disturbed me about, uh, seasteading all along. So, seasteading is the notion that we, um, that, you know, that, hey, look, uh, we know that jurisdictions matter. We know that Hong Kong got a heck of a lot uh, richer than the rest of China because of rules inside of its jurisdiction. This is simple. No one disagrees with it. Special economic zones at this point aren't terribly special when there are uh, nearly 10,000 of them um, across the globe. So the, the difficulty is, um, that, I, as I see it, is that the, most of the people in seasteading don't live on the water. In fact, they've never lived in the water. Many of them don't know how to sail a boat. Um, They like the idea, and I like the idea too. There's certainly a place on the globe that has shallow water where you can sort of get together, and uh, you know, perhaps you get enough people and enough of these boats or floating uh, houses or whatever we want to call them, and everything works good. But and you know, maybe there aren't enough, aren't many storms in this place, and there aren't problems. But I have had a uh, catamaran. I have sold it. And, <laughs> and I'm telling you, everything is three times as hard. Um, living on the water, the salt water is highly corrosive. There's a lot of maintenance that goes in it. There are very few people listening to me right now that are outside uh, you know, painting their house every year, that are uh, washing their windows every day, that are doing these kind of things. But on a boat, you're living in much more confined areas and you're doing a heck of a lot more maintenance.
11: Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's definitely um, something that does have to be considered and overcome, and uh, I, I think it is something that needs to be addressed by the individual. So in our plan, uh, we like I said, it's a stepwise approach. So instead of just claiming that, you know, we're going to move from the middle of Idaho or wherever you are in the middle of the country, never seen a boat, the first step in everyone involved in our plan would be to buy a boat for themselves and start living on it in a marina, in a sheltered harbor, a place where you have easy access to land, and you start becoming accustomed to that lifestyle. We plan for, you know, three to five years to allow people to get adjusted to the lifestyle of living on a boat before you even contemplate moving out into the ocean. And not only does it give you the opportunity to get used to living on a boat, but it also gives you the opportunity to develop a community because it becomes essentially a chicken and egg scenario. If you Mark you know, decide to buy your catamaran again and you go... sail into the middle of the ocean where it's uh, calm and convenient, it's not going to be much of a life if you're out there by yourself. You need a community, as much as we're libertarians, you need a community of people who can actually support an economic system and provide all the needs. So the idea being that we'd find a sheltered harbor, likely somewhere in Florida, and we'd start having libertarians move there on their boats. It provides the comfort of land. It provides the safety of that while you adjust. It provides all the services of a major city nearby, and in that same time, over that three-year period, you start developing a community of like-minded individuals who are all focused on freedom, and once you get to that critical mass, say 500 or 1,000 people in this community that you now are essentially self-sufficient for most of your day-to-day activities, that's when you can contemplate moving out into the ocean, onto the open water, and actually uh, getting that independence. Now, there would be other steps involved. You'd be building a platform so that the boats have somewhere to dock in that, uh, in that uh, area on the ocean. You're not just going to be kind of mooring all the boats together, you'd have a, a platform that would essentially serve as a floating marina and a little bit of a shelter from the waves. Um, that's one thing. And at the same time, you can also look at how the technology develops. I mean, Chad and Nadia, they're developing the C-Pod technology, which is supposed to be a longer-term solution for living on water with lower maintenance. And there's also other developments happening. I mean, there's a couple of companies around the world now that are building solar catamarans. Um, they have the ability, with solar power alone, to essentially have a limited range, no need to refuel, and can supply all your electricity for desalination cooking, everything else that you need. And some of these boats are made of aluminum, so there's still going be maintenance issues, but as technology advances, I think you're going to see in the next 10 to 20 years that there are going to be much more sustainable ways of living on the ocean which with much less maintenance and much less uh, work things required when you're talking about you know a sailing catamaran that you have to constantly adjust the sails and fix all of those things, or a diesel one that you need all the, all the fuel resupplies and, and all of those
8: concerns. Those uh, solar catamarans are glorious. Um, now the ones the one that I'm thinking of is a uh, very, very expensive thing. You can do this significantly less costly. I mean, basically, there's boats out there, hulls of boats that you can get for free. Outfit it with uh, solar um, settings, put in uh, electric motors, not cheap, but certainly less expensive than buying a a new boat. And go from there. This is, uh, you know, this is absolutely something that can be done. All right, we're back with Mason Lashenka from Atlas Island Ah, I should have mentioned atlasisland.org Island uh, dot org the extra. I can throw it in at the end, uh, Mason. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to get back. There's more things I want to talk to you and your your little plan. Um, here <laughs> with uh, with what you're going to do. Um, so. I love the idea of people gathering together to live uh, better lives. And I understand the seasteading thing. It's like all the land's occupied by a bunch of crazy people. They all want to rule us. Why don't they, um, you know, why, why don't they just find something else? And, you know, I'm, I'm watching seasteading with as, as hopeful as I can be. I hope that I don't sound like a um, negative Nancy here. But what I'm going to say is is that Mason, we are land-based apes. And I don't know whether I think that this is truly going to work. I like the idea. I think we should be looking in this direction. I want people to be successful. I don't want to say anything that tells people not to, to pursue their dreams. And I want you to realize we've just lost uh, 90% of our audience. Um, but Once you go to the podcast, now we're just uh, talking to the hardline libertarians here as opposed to the uh, mom and pop uh, America out there. So, um, by the way, atlasisland.org. First things I would say is, why Florida? What in the world? I mean, you know know that the United States uh, employs a group of people they call the FBI that kick people's doors in over nothing. And there's another organization called the IRS who will uh, tax uh, everything you do no matter where you are on the globe. Yeah, Mark, so I
11: definitely understand those concerns. Um, so I can, I guess, address them one by one. First of all, living on the water. I, you know, I see your concern. Um, I do think that it can be overcome technologically speaking. I mean, most of the world's population already lives on the water, a lot on reclaimed land or on land that is very close to the water. Um, if you actually don't want to go out and live in the middle of the ocean, that's not necessary. At the very least, if you buy a boat and you're living on a, like, a boat, you can park in a marina as a community and say, let's say that Florida for now is being friendly to libertarians. You know, they've got lower taxes in other
8: places in the country, and people think this is the best place to live. One of the right. freest states in the United States. That's one a the highly in- qualified statement, but is yes. that is a true statement. <laughs> so one of the freest states in the United States. For now, you live there. You know, let's say in 10 years. I, um, I'm right here right now. I can tell you right. that uh, I feel relatively free in Florida. Right. So let's say in 5 or 10 years
11: that changes. If you live in a house, the hassle of selling that house, of moving all of your belongings is quite large. It's a large barrier to exit. If you are already living on a catamaran in a marina, the hassle of you taking that catamaran and sailing it to the Bahamas or to Prospera, a free private city going up in Honduras, or to any other, you know, special economic zone around the world that may, that may be trying to attract entrepreneurs, uh, free-thinking individuals, there's a much lower barrier to exit. And not only does that provide you the opportunity to leave, either to a seastead or to a marina elsewhere in the world or to a free private city, it also then, if enough people are doing that, it provides an incentive to the governments not to hassle you because they don't want so many of their successful citizens to leave because they want you to be paying the taxes. So at the very least, living on a boat, even if you don't go the full, the full, um, the full thing of going full seastead, at least it gives you some options, it gives you some more flexibility, and it makes it more possible for you to do seasteading in the near future. So I would say that, you know, the ability to live on a, a boat, it provides you the ability to vote with your feet, with your entire house, without the hassle of trying to sell, without the hassle of moving. So I think that's a good first step to take. Now, um, when it comes to Y Florida... Uh, you know, as you said, it's one of the freest states in the United States. Also, a lot of America, uh, there's no doubt they will be American, and a lot of Americans are much more comfortable moving to somewhere like Florida than they are to moving to the Bahamas or to, you know, Honduras or um, any of these other places which may technically be slightly more free, have lower income taxes, but for us, Florida is a first stepping stone. It's a place where Americans would feel comfortable moving if they are Members of the uh, the libertarian organization, the libertarian movement, and they would think of moving somewhere like New Hampshire. Why not Florida?
8: Why can't they move there and live on a boat instead of buying a plot of land in New Hampshire? So it's a low barrier to entry for Americans. Do you want to? Provide... So, do you want me to answer that as a New Hampshire as a Granite Stater? I can be happy to. <laughs> because the Free State Project is the only free thing in the world. If you don't move for the Free State Project, you don't love freedom. Why do you hate freedom, Mason? Um, in reality. Uh, okay. New Hampshire has scored slightly higher than Florida and a few other states on the Freedom in the Fifty States. I find that the Freedom in the Fifty States is somewhat misleading. First off, nobody's read the damn thing. I mean, the the percentage of people who quote it versus the percentage of people who have read it are is as a frightening ratio. Secondly, um, you know, like the freedom to smoke pot while riding a motorcycle helmetless with my gay lover is of completely no use to me. I don't do any of those things. And, um, you know, so I I just don't care. And uh, I, like, aggregate freedom is a good thing, but when it is only marginally more aggregate freedom, then, um, well, it's not, it doesn't mean anything. I'd rather have the freedoms of property ownership that Florida comes with. And by the way, um, Florida maritime laws, Far better fleshed out. You have uh, rules on where you can anchor and things like that, which would be useful for um, this project. So I think Florida has some value. You can drive here. You can um, leave your car. You could sell your car. You can do all kinds of things while you live on a boat. One thing I think is interesting about the boat idea, and I want to move that direction, because seasteading has often focused on things that aren't boats. Um, they are floating living platforms or something like that. We don't have a good name for them yet. But a boat means that you can pick up and move. Now, maybe in a catamaran, you can only move at six knots and maybe it'll take you (laughs) two weeks to get to uh, Prospera or wherever it is that you're going. Um, But you can go and you can travel. The difficulty is, is that a boat is made for moving And um, that means that it is not as stable on the water as, say, a living platform might be. Chad and Nadia's uh, living platform was quite stable and wasn't terribly noisy. Uh, I guess the noisy things basically a radio guy thing, right? Like I can't have waves lapping while I'm (laughs) doing interviews and stuff like that. It wouldn't bother me if you had it um, on your side, Mason, but, um, you know, it's something I avoid. Anyhow, let's let's leave noise off the uh, off the, mm-hmm. the table. Maybe people would like uh, radio with uh, waves lapping in the background. I don't have an answer to that, but um, you know, there's motion sickness, seasickness. This is a thing that uh, the vast majority of people. And by the way, seasickness gets worse as you get older. So you're more likely to be if you weren't seasick when you're 17 out with your dad on that one boat trip that's fine, but now you're 37 and it's possible that you do get seasick. And this isn't the kind of thing you necessarily get over. There's a lot of boaters out there, in fact, that get seasick. So they take this into account when they're uh, you know, making their long voyages and stuff like that. The vast majority of sitting on anchor, not a big deal, but um, it can be an issue. I can tell you that that's what happened with me. I thought I was fine, and then when I'm on those long voyages not so much. I didn't feel that great. So there's some, um, there's some downsides to it. There's some upsides. I'm hoping the best for your operation. Um, do you have it? Have you targeted anything in Florida yet? Um, are you trying to get people together? And I do want to talk about your community. Please go ahead.
11: Yeah. So, um, I mean, when it comes to a boat that that's just, you know, my personal preference, the whole concept of the project, it's applicable to any floating vessel. I mean, it could be a boat. Could be a spa like Chad and Nadia did. Could be a traditional floating house. It could be a catamaran. Any of these options are feasible as long as it's mobile. I mean, when it comes down to it, you have to weigh the decision yourself. As you mentioned, mobility versus stability is essentially how it how it breaks down. Yep. Personally, personally, as someone who's read and you know really um, embraces the concept of the sovereign individual, I think that mobility for me is more important than stability, and uh, the ability to just. Especially with a solar academy and at the the drop of a hat say, yeah, I'm leaving and I'm just going to go anywhere in the world that I want. It may take me, as you said, two weeks to get there, three weeks to get there. Well, anywhere but I can, where can go it where can it. take
8: you many months, but yes. Right.
11: Yeah. I mean, if you want to go to you know, Asia, I'm talking about the Caribbean, anywhere close by, it takes you a couple of days or a couple of weeks to get there. But the fact that you just have that freedom to go wherever you want, um, that really it really puts into practice the ability to vote with your feet rather than your voice. And that's really what our project comes down to. So if someone really decides that they want that stability, they want to live on a spa, that's perfectly fine. They can join our community. There's nothing wrong with that. And uh, we're we're just as happy to have those people. It's just not my personal preference, so to speak.
8: So about the community, um, like, people use this term they throw this term around a lot first off I don't think that libertarians um, are predisposed to community they tend to be rather um, acerbic and um, they tend not to get along with each other they're, they're highly individualistic what I found in New Hampshire is, is that what passes for a community is sort of a, uh, a drunken arguing club um, you know, <laughs> a variety of things like that but also towns towns tend to have a number that um, makes them successful and now maybe that's because they're not as tightly knit you know not everybody in a town necessarily knows each other it depends on how close they are to a city and varieties of things like that but um, it's unlikely that you put together a number that's going to be successful. I mean, at this point, you're basically a flotilla, um, presuming that everybody gets a boat. You know, and maybe what do you got? How many how many boats at this point? If every familial unit, um, whether they are boyfriend girlfriend or boyfriend boyfriend, I don't look, I don't care. We're libertarians. Um, <laughs> um, if every unit had their own vessel, how many vessels would you have at this moment?
11: I mean, currently, yeah, we just launched a couple months ago. We have about 250 people on our mailing list. So, I mean, assuming a couple of those are family
8: you're probably talking 200 to 220 I think, I, I think I'd cut that down by ninety percent just because uh, somebody's on your I'm on your mailing list and I'm not ready yeah. to uh, <laughs> to join. Yeah, me. no 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 you, you
11: said if every single person Nine. joined in and, and I I agree
8: it's not it's not there yet. That's how many people are on a mailing
11: list. But twenty, um, it's 20
8: people can um make life easier for each other um in some way. So, you know, even if we're cutting you down by ninety percent, we say that uh twenty units of people um are are interested. Yeah, you know i'm i'm liking what i'm seeing i i think that i'm going to give you as much chance as any of the uh seasteading operations have at this point and let's mention seasteading is being very successful right now in linton bay in panama is that correct i mean i, I haven't checked on them in, in some months but so that that's the same um, that's the same chad
11: and nadia that were in thailand and uh, they're being successful in that they have a, a company that's producing these spire-type structures, which is fantastic. Um, They, at this point, are essentially focused on the business aspect of producing the structures. In Linden Bay, Panama, they're not so much looking to achieve the freedom as to produce the tools necessary for other people to achieve their freedom. And, you know, I, I completely understand. I know we are early in the stage early in the game, we've only got a small number of people and we're looking to grow. The way that I see this playing out for us at Atlas Island is over the next five years, I would like to see us as an organization grow to 10, 20, 30,000 people, similar to the Free State Project. And if you said, you know, only 10% of those get on boats. If that works out to, you know, 1,000 people living on boats, that's fantastic. Um, and I think that is a good starting place for a community. The idea being that, again, we start in local areas, you buy a boat, you start living on it, then maybe you start aggregating. People in Florida, they all come to Tampa, and they park their boats outside of Tampa. Now you've got a community there. The people in Europe, they've got their boats, and they start collaborating, you know, collating around uh, Italy or Greece. You pick a spot. And then around the world, you've got different communities that have got 500, 1,000 people in each of them. And when the time comes, those communities can then go and join together in the ocean, and... I definitely know what you mean. Uh, Getting libertarians together is like herding cats. (laughs) Now, the great
8: thing about seasteading when it (laughs) compares... It's like herding herding large cats. (laughs) Big, mean cats. (laughs) Yeah. Now, the great thing about seasteading, though, is that it allows you the
11: complete freedom to associate with who you want without having to um, divide up the community, right? Because if you are living on a boat with your family, I'm living on a boat with my family, we can park right next to each other, and there is no reason we have to have any interaction with each other if we don't want to. But if we want to trade, if we want to provide service to each other, we allow that to happen. So our vision is that each individual family, each individual unit owns their vessel. They're sovereign on that vessel. That is their territory. No one else can trespass on it. No one can tell them what to do there. There will be a market of private companies that operate platforms where you can dock your vessels, and they provide essentially a market square. And there will be 5, 10, 15, 20 of these platforms that are all kind of coalescing, floating around each other. And that allows you to choose which platform you want to dock at based on which one you most agree with, while still having the freedom to trade with all the others and essentially have the benefits of the market of a larger group of individuals without being tied into a community where you're bound by the votes of all those individuals. If half the people are pro-life, half are pro-choice, half are pro marijuana half are against, it doesn't matter because we don't have to all follow the same rules. We all just have to be in roughly the same vicinity and allow ourselves to interact with each other on an economic, voluntary basis.
8: And um, I would uh, steel-man your argument here with uh, the bo- boaters um, I've been, I have been a boater and I can tell you about what the boating community is like, they're already all of this um, they're essentially proto-libertarians Th- their politics may be whatever you know this or that is but I don't care who you voted for in the last election, I care how you treat your neighbors, and that's what libertarianism is, it's a moral code about how you treat your friends and family I would like you to apply it to your politics and i think it applies well to your politics however you don't have to to be a libertarian um, i know plenty of libertarians who voted for what's the president's name i forget <laughs> joe <laughs> biden um, and so i know plenty that voted for uh donald trump i know these people and i i don't i'm not don't question their libertarianism um from that standpoint i don't just pull people's cards so i think that um i think that there's I think there's a strong possibility that something like this could work. I would also say that, um, you know, it may very well be married to an on-land community like uh, Prospera or the one I'm putting together down in uh, Utila, Honduras. Um, It's Coral Beach, you know, this kind of thing where, eh, you know, maybe we're uh, getting supplies from different locations and, you know, traveling about and this kind of thing. Um, one last question regarding mobility. Um, Mason, why not just get everybody to buy RVs? I mean, they can be mobile. When you move around, the authorities don't know where you are. Um, you know, functionally existing outs. So uh, government having uh, th- three aspects, which is the scope of their law, the will to enforce that law, and then the the power to uh to enforce the law. So if you have those three aspects in many cases uh governments simply can't handle a caravan of 50 RVers that go to uh some place and you know park or boondock or whatever they do and live for a while until they get uh you know till they f- decide for whatever reason they want to leave whether it's the weather or uh, the local police or or whatever
11: so, uh, America, i I mean, it's an interesting concept. Um, a couple of issues with that. One, when you're on an RV, ultimately you are on someone else's land no matter where you're parked. I mean, maybe you're going to uh, find Department of Land Management land that you're going to squat on, but you are fundamentally on someone else's land, and without permission, that is trespassing. So from a libertarian moral point of view, you're... Well, oh, I wouldn't do that. Uh, you, <laughs> or you can park at a park and you can pay the rates. In either case, you're on someone else's land. And really when it comes down to it, I guess, as an American... You, to some degree you have to embrace the algorithm that you're talking about if you want to escape taxes. But for anyone else, any other country in the world, as soon as you're on a boat and you fly the flag of the Bahamas, you are now legally not obligated to pay taxes in either the Bahamas or your country if you're living on that boat full time. Oh, so, wait a
8: second. Um, so from an income tax standpoint, the United States government claims your labor... Uh, around the globe. If you make right. more than $220,000 a year and you're outside of the US. I mean th- this is an important aspect. <laughs> um if you're outside of the US and you're making upwards of $220,000 per year and I re- and I understand that doesn't apply to 90% of the people um that uh, would be listening to me, but um that they they do claim your labor so
11: I, when I said outside of the United States, what I meant was non-American citizens. Citizens from Canada, from other countries, from Europe, the rest of the world, almost every other government in the world says that if you're no longer resident in that country, they don't claim your taxes. Right. So while as an American citizen, you will have to practice some form of agorism if you want to escape taxes. I am Canadian, for example. If I fly the Bahamas flag and I am now permanently resident on a catamaran, then legally I am not obligated to pay any taxes whatsoever. And I'm not talking about algorithm. I'm talking about being completely above board, not having to break rules, actually using the rules to our advantage. So that is one major advantage of seasteading. And, you know, if you have an organization, you build a company. And that company is now a company that's flagged in the Bahamas, based in the Bahamas. That company now can be a tax-free company. Whereas if you're in America, it becomes a lot harder to do that. Again, like I said, American citizens, there are still some difficulties. But um, for non-American citizens, as soon as you're on the
8: seas and you're flying the flag of a country with no taxes, you're no longer obligated to pay taxes. Can you explain to me one more time, run through that, Um, a company on a boat Concept. So uh, a company that I register where? Um, Canada or the Bahamas? Oh, the Bahamas, uh, Honduras, anywhere you yeah. want to register. So I register a company in Honduras, yeah. and I claim that that company is on a boat. Oh, no, so I, I'm telling you, if you
11: register the company in the Bahamas in that example, and you're now flying yeah. or operating it off of a Bahaman flag boat, uh-huh. you're now essentially a Bahamas company operating in... Bahamas territory, quote-unquote. So now you follow the Bahamas tax laws, which are much more liberal than American tax laws. I mean, I know some states have more liberal laws, but it allows you, again... That was just an example. I just wanted to
8: get, uh, see, if they were, see if you understood some loophole that I didn't understand. I'm not trying no. to grill you or anything like that. Um, no, and, and, the, and the thing is the regulatory arbitrage, right? Because if the Bahamas then changes its rules, when you're on a boat, all you have to do is
11: hoist another flag and say that now I'm in Liberia and we're going to be now filing as a Liberian company. And you can use that regulatory arbitrage to pit jurisdictions against each other and get the best deal for yourself. Whereas if you're an RV, convoy, you actually have to physically move to another country to make that happen unless you want
8: to be a pure agorist and just skirt the rules yeah i'm curious as to i mean so uh companies when they get registered bank accounts and things like this they like to have those uh companies to have addresses i'm curious as to how all of this would meet out i'm interested in how uh in people who do this kind of thing and and reporting further on this idea it sounds like it's a little down the line um you know that we're not quite ready for it but I can tell you this, that when you can, uh, with facility, move from one jurisdiction to another jurisdiction to another jurisdiction, that those jurisdictions lose that will and that reach that we were talking about um, as far as uh, their laws go. I mean, they may have the scope, but it doesn't matter if there's no one there to uh, enforce it. And that gets, um, no, it gets interesting. Yeah, and I mean, I would much
11: rather have the Liberian government trying to come after uh, a company for taxes that are now claiming are due than the IRS come after. it. I think you know, the long arm of the IRS is much more powerful than the long arm of the Liberian uh, corporate tax agency, yes. whatever it is.
8: <laughs> the IRS is far more of an efficient organization than uh, Liberia, um, Liberia's taxing authority, I am certain. Uh, also, we have the advantage that it is unlikely that the uh, Liberian taxing authority will give money to people who drop million-dollar bombs on ten-dollar tents. Um, you know, I'm I'm trying not to give as much money as possible to places like Russia, China, and the United States. Not in that order. China, I think, is first on me for me. But uh, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. Um. Well, now Well, go ahead. I was going to say, if you want to go down that rabbit hole a little bit further,
11: I mean, what you can look at is where things are evolving, right? And you say that now, I say, let's wear war on boats. We're flying the Bahamas flag. Technically, we have very little obligations. What if, in addition to that, we now start conducting all all our transactions in a cryptocurrency such as Monero, which is untraceable? And instead of incorporating a company in the Bahamas, we start forming decentralized autonomous organizations, that are accountable only to anonymous shareholders who are you know, voting with their cryptocurrencies and secret accounts. This allows us a lot of autonomy, and when you're in a country that already has a lot of liberality in its laws, it really provides kind
8: of a, a very synergistic approach to achieving that, that uh, anarcho-capitalist type approach to living life. All right, so um, Mason, now's your opportunity. Pitch people on what you want them to do. So, uh, my first pitch is, if
11: you like what you've heard, go to atlasisland.org, atlasislan d.org, That's our website. Have a look there. We're constantly updating it. I want you to sign up for our mailing list on that website. And you can also go to t.me slash Atlas Island. That's our Telegram channel. I want you guys to join our movement. I'm not asking for any money right now. We're not looking to fundraise. This is all about individuality. If you really want to put money towards something, what I would recommend is I want you to start living on a boat. Find a boat that you can live on. You know, if you own an average American house and you are committed to this, you can sell that house and for a similar price you can get an excellent boat, possibly even a solar-powered catamaran. You're not giving that money to us. You're not giving that money to any organization. That is purely your investment. If I've sold you on the value of living on a boat, Whether Atlas Island succeeds or not, you now can live on a boat. You can join whatever organization you want, and that investment is yours to keep. If you don't like it, you move somewhere else. If you don't like us, you go to another organization, and at the end of the day, you have a boat. So I'm not asking you for any money. I'm asking you to join our organization on the website as well as on the Telegram channel. Start considering living on a boat, and please start contributing, because contributing intellectually, not financially. Because we need many people with many ideas. Look, I just helped to come up with this idea, I don't have all the answers. I know that. And that's, you know, that's the value of the market. The more people we have thinking about this, the the better the idea will be, the better it will evolve. The more people we have living on boats, the larger the market. And that will also then Uh, cause the technology to advance you know maybe in 10 years there will be a company that comes up with a solar-powered catamaran or a a solar-powered floating uh, sea pod design that can be had for $200,000 and is almost as luxurious as living on land so I just want you to join our movement think about it and start contributing ideas that's what I would ask at this point in time
8: I have some thoughts on uh, what you've said Uh, first off if you could take hulls of boats and take them to, uh, say Honduras someplace where labor is significantly less, you could begin to outfit boats with, uh, solar panels and electric engines. You would totally be able to create your $200,000 electric boat. Um, the advantage, there's a distinct advantage of solar over sail, um, and, by the way, you can get on sailing forums and and you can argue this point at nauseum. So feel free, you know, it's your life. <laughs> I am not doing it, but I can tell you this is that um, there are many many places sailboats simply cannot go. Many hurricane holes, places where you can hide out where the uh, where the sea isn't nearly as rough that you can't go as a sailboat because of bridges, especially in the United States and a solar boat. Can Solar is brand new, and people just aren't used to it. I can, I can see the advantages of a fuel-powered boat. I can see the advantages of a sailboat. But I'm excited about this new solar technology in the area of sailboats. And mainly because, ladies and gentlemen, there are a lot of free boats in America. They're free Now, are they nice? No, not all of them are nice. But you'd be surprised at how nice some of them are. And you can outfit them with solar panels and electric engines and these kind of things in some uh, Central American country rather cheaply. And I think you've got some kind of operation that the average American family could, uh, could make work. I would advise this also. If you're selling your house to get a boat... Reserve, uh, 25% of that equity in some kind of investment that grows, and you can use that for maintenance and these sorts of things. I wouldn't give up my job. You're gonna need to buy food and a variety of other things, but, um, you know, suddenly the house payment goes away in a lot of cases, uh, when you get a, when you get a boat. But, There's marina fees and things like that. You'd be surprised how luxurious a marina feels after you've been boondocking for and, you know, anchoring for uh, a month. Those hot showers. When you're looking for a boat, look for a shower you can stand up in. (laughs) Um, You know, I mean, not everybody's going to have the fortitude to stand on the top of their sailboat and... In a, in a pair of swim trunks and rub their genitals with soap as they pump salt water over their head. Um, you know, if late, my, gentlemen, if you want to save your marriage, <laughs> you know, <laughs> fresh water is a big uh you know a, a big step in that direction so a hot freshwater not cold freshwater <laughs> you know you can get them pretty hot with those solar bags um yeah. you can fill it up so they have these bags that you just kind of hang from you know uh, some kind of spar on your mast and um it has a little Directional spout on it that you can uh, shower with. And you take what we, what we call a, uh, a submarine shower, uh, because this is how the, <laughs> the submariners do it. They don't have a lot of um, water. And they just, first they get themselves wet in some manner. Most people jump in the water, then go up and uh, soap up and underneath the shower. And then once they've got their hair and their armpits and all the other spots that grow hair, Uh, soaped up then they begin using the water to rinse and rinse the salt water off themselves and that's what uh, passes for a shower out there it can be done um is it pleasant well not nearly as pleasant as walking into your shower and uh, you know having a big old thing a suave there and you know opening it up and putting it and standing in the shower for 40 minutes or whatever you want to do there are uh, but is it free and you're out there and I can tell you in the many months that I was on a sailboat, never once did a shore patrol or coast guard come out and want to board my boat and see what we were doing or anything like that. You do have to f- go find um, revenueurs when you change countries, and you know they'll you know trade you some paperwork for some money. But I presume they give to government agencies <laughs> or just keep for themselves. Who knows? Um, but. That's uh, that's something for you to deal with down the line. Um, pets can be a bit of a challenge on boats. It's hard to train a dog <laughs> to poop on a deck so that you can then wash it off with your saltwater pump hose. Um, cats are a bit easier. So, you know, these are things that you've got to consider. Many, many Americans, uh, post-COVID, have uh, adopted animals that didn't have them previously, and they do make life better. So... Mason, it has been a joy to have you on. I think that, um, well, you're not wrong. <laughs> I'm willing to give you the not wrong status. It's after- uh- Go ahead. I, was gonna say, I I appreciate that and uh, <laughs> uh, you know
11: we're still going and we're still learning so if anyone has anything to contribute please reach out and uh, hopefully Mark can also put my email address in the show notes so you can reach out to me directly if you, if you would like to do that we don't do that with the show notes
8: but you can okay. go to atlasisland.org and find everything there it's atlas as in atlas shrugged island come on if you don't know how to spell that and then o-r-g atlasisland.org thanks Mason
11: thank you